In the time of chimpanzees, I've always been a monkey. My guest tonight on the Distorted Disclosure, Mr. Demos Papadimos. How we doing? Good, man. Well, it's about time. Finally, finally, I got you here. Um, I know. There's a lot of back and forth with my agents. We've tried this for about yeah. a month now. I, I know. And I told them, you know, multiple times, I'm like, look, man, we have enough good conversations late at night about the bars. We should do this. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, I wasn't lying. <laughs> so that, that line, I just, I was thinking of that today. In the time of chip and seeds, I've always been among, that's obviously, that's back. Yeah. Um. It's from uh, Loser. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 from, uh, what's the record called? Hold on, don't, don't, don't tell me. It's, uh, it came out in 94. It was sure. before Odelay. It was... Uh, mellow. Mellow Gold? Yes. Yeah, there we go. Right, right, right. That dude can do it all. Yeah. I have seen him live. And my parents... My mom's a huge Beck fan, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad was like, well, your mother's going, I kind of want to go. This was years ago, and I was like stoked. I was like, I can't wait. And my dad's like, I don't even know why we're going. This guy's all washed up. He ain't that good, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that was before the show starts. Yeah, right, right. So, so afterwards, he looks at me, and he's like, I think that was like the best concert I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I've never seen him live. I mean, the thing is, I mean, and he's one of these people who like, He's he's just proven that he could do every style of music. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, he does like an album as far as a style, acoustic, funk, right, right. rock, alternative, yeah, dance. Well, he's yeah. done it all. Yeah. And he and he just he and the thing is like his shows, he puts it all together. So you're getting all of that within right. one show. It's like every genre. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, um, he could easily just be a singer songwriter. Right. Yeah, his first couple, I think, what was his first album? There's one before Mellow Gold. It was like him and some other guy, and it was just acoustic, like... Oh, One Foot in the Grave. That was it. And it was all just like, that was all just like, kind of like, you know, sort of DIY style, like old folk blues stuff. Um, You know, not even quite singer-songwriter yet, but, uh, you know, and then, I I mean, later on he did, I mean, Sea Change is like... Undeniably, just a singer songwriter. Right. right. I, mean, I think he went yeah. through a bad breakup or something yeah, yeah, for yeah. that album. He was saying like, it was uh, what did he say? Yeah, it was like he had to refine himself. I mean, that album's very. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's some good songs. Yeah. Just, I mean, fuck, very depressing at times though. Um, so, I haven't listened to it in a long time, but so you brought with some of your. Uh, he texted me on the way here and said, uh, "You want me to bring some cups." Um, I got fucking more cups than one man. It's needs. actually not, not many cups at all. Really. <laughs> you think that's a lot? That's not even a full case. Uh, jeez, oh man. So explain, explain what you what you what you brought me. I brought paper cups. Okay, pra- paper coffee cups. Because my family's business, uh, which was started by my dad in 1980, is a paper cup factory, paper cup manufacturing, and it's based in Warren, Ohio. And uh, I mean, my dad's first factory was in Greece. And uh, that's a whole story, and uh, things didn't quite work out, and he ended up coming here and, uh, you know, starting this paper cup factory. And, uh, yeah, I mean, at some point I got involved with it as well, you know. Like I said, it's a family business. The that happens. Though, the family business. You yes. know, yeah. you wouldn't know anything about that. No, I, I, uh, 
I was just telling the lady we were working for today, she's like, she's looking at me and I had like my hood up or something and you know, she couldn't see all the gray, even though I haven't shaved in a while, so there's a lot. But uh, she, she looks down and she's known my dad for years. We were right in Greenford where he grew up and she's probably like 55 and you know, she's coming down the steps. She's like, well, Nathan, you know, how long have you been, uh, how long, how long have you been working with your dad? You like doing this? I was like, well, let's see. I'm 36. She's like, what? He's like, I thought you were like 22. I was like, yeah, no, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was a real long time ago. In fact, crazy sidetrack, but uh, I posted something online last week when Rage put out their, their touring. Yeah, right. And I got super fucking thrilled, which I can't wait. I actually, I got tickets. Um, and uh, <laughs> I looked and I, and I found old footage of my band, my first band, Fixture, playing uh, Killing in the Name of at a Papa Louie's bar, or it's called the Motocross Cafe slash Papa Louie's in Brookfield. Yeah. When I was 18. I mean, we used to play bars. That's wild. From 10 till 2 in the morning when I was still, like, like on the, like yeah, the weekends yeah, yeah. when I was in high school. Yeah. And uh, I just had, yeah, I had a, a footage of us playing that, and I posted, and I started thinking, I was like, okay, how long ago was it? I was like, that was 18 years ago. And I was like, that was literally half of my life. Yeah, ago. that's crazy. And that, 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 it didn't yeah. seem like, I mean, I was like, well, you know, high school was a while ago. But that was half my life ago. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I'm at that point too. I mean, I'm in my thirties. I'm not, I'm not quite as old as you. No, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm a couple years younger than you are. But like, it's at that point where you know, it's sort of like, holy shit, I'm thinking about this stuff, and it's you know, I mean, when you can remember pretty clearly twenty years ago, then yeah. you realize time is passing. Yeah, and not just remember, like, know that you were. Your thought process. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like you were like, oh, it was like it's six like you were or seven. seven. Right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you, yeah. you were a developed adult. Even if you're like have a 15. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. But, you know. But, yeah. How did, where, how did I sidetrack this? What were we talking about? I don't know. We were talking about my dad's business. Oh, the family like business. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And some lady that said to you, yeah. hey, aren't you 22? Yeah. I think she was hoping that I was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. No, I shouldn't say that. I don't. I don't know the lady that well. But uh, it was warm today. It was. It's been warm. We haven't had much of a winter. Yeah, I mean, last Friday was actually like, like the I don't know the the most real winter day we've had. I was driving home, and no bullshit. I was I was getting ready to pull out this lady's driveway, and Ray was with me, the guy who works with me, and. Uh, I was like, this saw this bug go across, and I, I was like, dude, it's a fucking mosquito. He's like, no. I was like, it's February. That's insane. And we have mosquitoes, and I, I mean, I, I let it out, and you know whatever. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's it's. I mean, We've hardly had snow on the ground this year. Well, it seems like when we were kids, man, every year it seems like you know Halloween was something, and now it's like you know you used to maybe get snow, and now you know it used to be. It, lately, it's been winter doesn't start till January. Now it's like, I mean, the last couple of years, yeah. it's been like even more, you know, March was fucking shitty last year and we might, we'll probably get hit bad in March again this year. I don't know. But it's like, at this point, can you even complain? Yeah. Because at worst, we're going to have well, a yeah, bad I mean, month. Well, yeah, it's already almost <laughs> March anyway. I mean, looking at the schedule yeah, yeah, for the yeah, next yeah. 15 days, I mean, it's supposed to be in the 50s again yeah. next week. It's like, dude. It, well, you remember isn't... two years ago, it was snowing in April? Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. 
That's probably gonna happen this year too. But no, it just seems anymore like it just it's either it's just one season and then it's another one. It's like winter doesn't happen until it just happens. And this year it didn't even really do that. Do you think any of this has anything to do with the climate changing at all? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, probably. Do you think we are a result of this at all as humans? I think it's proven that man has contributed to climate change. It, I mean, it's, you know, whether, we're, whether what's happening in Northeast Ohio is really, you know, a result of that or not, I don't want to really get into that because I don't really know, but I mean, we've seen what's happening. Yeah, the I oceans mean, are rising. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're having... Well, what about a few years ago, there was the whole polar vortex thing? Yeah. You remember that? Mm-hmm. I want to say that was about five, six years ago. Yeah. Uh, and we had really cold winters. Yeah. And that's because those, you know... Because of what, what melting ice caps, these winds, you know, coming down further than they should, right? Basically, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, it's funny because I I talk to people and and they're you know, and the, the thing that I can't understand is even if you don't believe in climate change, which I mean, it, I, I'm not gonna say you're a fucking idiot, but I mean, I should, but uh, it's to the point to where there's just so much proof. Yeah, that, right, I mean, right. and let's just say say it's all wrong. Say it's all fucking wrong. Say none of it, none of it's actually true. It's all bullshit. What's the worst thing that comes from trying to be resourceful and not just burn through fossil fuels and this exactly. and that? What's so so? Let's so even if it's false, the, the, at worst, you tried to help the planet while you were alive yeah, right, as much right, as you right. thought you might be able to. What a terrible thing! Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I guess there's just too much money wrapped up in in you know fossil fuels and all that. But it shouldn't even be about that. Don't I mean, be, but that's but. Pockets are deeper than people's souls. Well, if you believe in souls, I mean, whatever. But it's like, how can you justify the idea of getting rich on resources just to know that, you know, it, it's, it, you're probably doing devastation and not caring. You know, but then again, I yeah. think of the same people who are doing that, who have children, who have children, who are going to have children. And it's like, you know, what, like, like. Like Bill Maher says all the time, when did breathing air become a Democrat and Republican issue? Yeah, right, right. We all right, breathe right, the right. same air. Like, why wouldn't we try to get the cleanest well, air yeah. that we can? I mean, you know, a Republican administration founded the EPA. Richard Nixon, in 1970, founded the EPA. And that was all about clean water and clean air. Tricky dicky. But that's what it was all about. And, I mean, so much... I mean, I know... That early on in the Trump administration, when they started rolling things back, there was their their justification was that it was to prevent overreach. That I don't know that the Obama administration was responsible for, and that to get it to bring it back to like just water and air. But I, I don't understand how. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, don't, I don't understand how just that can be seen as being. The opposite of climate change. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, he's, uh, oh, that's, a, that's a whole other topic. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I just get angry thinking about it. But tell me about your heritage. My heritage? <laughs> yes. Okay, well, I mean, on my dad's side, I'm Greek. And on my mom's side, uh, she's, I mean, very much just an American, you know. Um, you know, my mom's side of the family is from Pennsylvania, really, from around Philadelphia. And, uh, I mean, of, you know, 
they're like German and English sort of descent. Did she still have family there? Do you visit? Not her really, no? not much. I mean, oh. my family has a house out in New Jersey that my grandparents bought, and uh, so there's that. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of family for my mom's side. My aunt lives in Tennessee, and my cousins are all down there. You know, but I'm probably more dominated by my Greek side, which <laughs> big surprise. Right. No, but my, so my dad's from Greece, uh, and you know most of his family, you know, is all still in Greece. You know, and we have some relatives around here that basically, you know, were the reason my dad came here. But you know, so what? What? What brought him here exactly? Paper cups, man. And the idea, the making American, paper it was, cups. It was the American dream. Is he, that what it was? He grew up and he said, "One day I want to make paper coffee cups for people." <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> Might have. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> you know, he said, I want to get into this food service industry. Well, it's but, probably a safe bet. People have to eat. I yeah. say that about drinking alcohol, unless they just go through prohibition again, but people are always going to be wanting to drink. <laughs> and out in healthcare, people are always fucking and people are always dying. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a safe field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, job one, security. One-fifth of the economy, right? Right. right. But, uh, no, I mean... What was the question again? No, I was just asking about your heritage in general. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess my heritage probably does play kind of a big role in who I am, sort of. Uh, I know that's a broad, basic statement that anyone could make, but, you know, I'm also, I mean, I'm a musician as well, and, I mean, a lot of what I do musically is kind of blending... I mean, I wouldn't even say blending, but I have different interests, and I'm very interested in, you know, American music, American folk music, whether it's... I feel folk. this is a good time to plug your band indoors. Yeah, so that's, 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 what I'm, that's what I'm getting to. No, but I'm interested in folk and blues and country and that kind of stuff from my American side, and uh, from my dad's side, I'm really interested in Greek music as well. I play the bouzouki, which is a Greek folk instrument, and, you know, my band... I mean, I do some sort of Greek-inspired songs, and I've actually been working on Greek recordings of old Greek rombetico music, it's called, which is like the blues of Greece. And, I mean, you know, lyrically, you could just, like, translate the songs and be like, oh, that's a blues song. It's like the same same thing about, you know, the pain and the suffering and the heartlessness and the, the booze and the, you know... But, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically a blues song right there. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, so, I don't know. That's, uh, that's, that's a big part of, you know, what I do. Um, there was some point I wanted to make, and I kind of forget. But, uh, no, like we were saying about my heritage, you know, like, as I said, you know, my dad's very much Greek. Like, from Greece. I grew up speaking Greek with him. Uh, I, so I speak that language fluently. And my mom's very much an American, you know, she doesn't really identify as like being, you know, like Italian American or like Polish American or German or Irish American or whatever. She's just kind of an American. So I feel like I've had an equal mix of like two, two cultures, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like without, without like, oh, you know, we're like four generations of Irish Americans in this country or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know, and that probably has like, influenced me and kind of colored my uh, musical tastes, you know. Big, big Dylan fan growing up. Yeah, I mean, my mom's a big Dylan fan. That's so, I, mean, I got exposed to that, and 
but not just that, but all kinds of great American rock and roll, like, you know, like Neil Young and Bruce Springsteen and, you know, the Beatles and the Grateful Dead and that whole kind of 60s, 70s sort of counterculture, you know, uh, rock and roll from that side. And, you know, I was exposed to Greek music from my dad's side. Though, I mean, I went a lot deeper than both of those things. I mean, I, I mean, like I was saying, I mean, I got into, you know, American folk roots music like Woody Guthrie and, you know, old Delta blues and I mean, my mom wasn't listening to that stuff, right. nor, nor was my dad listening to all the old Greek folk music kind of that I've looked up. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, did your, are your parents players at all? Did they play? Well, no. I mean, my mom took piano lessons when she was a kid. Yeah. And my grandfather apparently was a good piano player. But, I mean, he wasn't, I mean, no, it's not like I grew up with a musical family. I, I think that's kind of how, same, same with me, it was my parents didn't play anything, but music was always on, and, you know, I took it from the inspiration of a kid, of it being in the background, and then seeing all these, you know, these albums or these CDs, and then just getting into the, the literature of it as well, and the arts and this and that. And I was yeah. like, and then, you know, yeah. then the internet comes out, and you're like, oh, I can find out all about this guy, what yeah, he does right, every right, day, right, and right. kind of stalk him out and see who right. he really is in life. You know, and you, you get excited about that kind of stuff. And it just I remember just, I want to do this, I want to do this. I'm yeah, gonna, right, I want right. to do it for fun. I don't want to, you know. And... Well, back when researching stuff was so much easier than just going onto YouTube. Wait, hold on, that's the, I just said the opposite. Back when researching stuff was so much harder than just going on to YouTube or Wikipedia. I mean, I remember being a kid and uh, being into rock and roll stuff and, you know, later on folk and blues and stuff like that. Like, you had to put some work in. I mean, I remember going to, you know, record stores and hunting for stuff and, I mean, buying bootleg videos off the internet. Like, of, uh... Well, I should say, I mean, I really got on my own, you know, as a teenager, I was really into like punk rock. I mean, that's, I mean, we could, we I could just recently found we could, out about, we could talk it. about all this fucking static to hear. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about all the, the, the Bob Dylan, American folk roots and Greek stuff. But when I was, you know, nine years old and Green Day's Dookie came out uh, and I saw the basket case video. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember I was actually in Greece at the time. And that's because I grew up spending a lot of time in Greece, uh, especially during the summer. Um, I mean, we'd go stay for a month every year. Like I said, on my mom's side, we have the house in New Jersey. So I would spend usually about a month over there and then a month in Greece. And, uh, you know, spending a month in Greece also really helped me learning the language. And I mean, when you've got relatives that don't speak any English, I mean, you know, you just grow up speaking the language. And I never even realized all this stuff because, you know, if you're four years old and you're talking to your grandma, I mean... <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah, but but I remember seeing the, uh, the the basket case video, you know, in Greece as like a nine-year-old on MTV Euro or whatever it was and just being like, like that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to play guitar and be like that guy. And in a lot of ways, that, I don't know, I guess kind of, maybe want to play guitar and be a musician. And, you know, then, I mean, Billy Joe Armstrong was my, you know, hero. Like, he was, like, Green Day was the greatest band. Anybody that went to school with me at the time knew this guy's a massive Green Day fan. He knows how to play all the songs. And this is how old, like, nine? 
When I was nine, okay. yeah. But I mean, you know, that grew. I mean, so what did that turn into? Is like, what did that turn into in high school when you were a little bit more? Well, even like middle school, man. I mean, I had a band when I was like 12, 13. Nice. But I mean, we were just playing like dances in people's basements, yeah. and you know, I mean, well, yeah, it's not like you're gonna get a gig. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Parents, it's not like we were. It's not like we were great anyway. <laughs> but and, like, probably like fifty percent of the set was Green Day songs. Were you playing Nirvana songs? Did you ever play Nirvana songs? Yeah, we did later on. Um, Come As You Are, uh, Territorial Pissings, Aneurysm. Wow. Uh, probably the uh, fast version of Polly. Okay. New like, wave uh, version. They yeah, you know it. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was on yeah. Incesticide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. But uh, as I was saying, no, I mean, I got into Green Day, and from there, I mean, yeah, I got into the other 90s punk rock stuff like Rancid and all that, but I got, I mean, I became a big Ramones fan. I mean, yeah. co-equals with Green Day really? were the Ramones. Okay. I mean, I love the Ramones. I have all their records. Um, so that was another thing. And But I got into, you know, all that 70s punk, you know, The Clash, and I mean, all the English stuff. Sex Pistols or just... Yeah, I like the Sex Pistols, but I always thought they were gimmicky. Right, completely. You know, I don't dislike it, but like even at the time I was like, yeah, but these guys weren't... They were, know, it's almost they, like they wanted to be assholes just to be assholes. Like, yeah, they wanted to be punk just to be like, yeah, fuck you, we're going to do what we want. Like, there wasn't a purpose. Though. And they were put together by a manager in a right, lot of ways. Right. And so much of it was about, like, the fashion statement as, like, you know, and like... We don't they, care they about the they, queen. You know, you, you, com you compare it. the Sex Pistols with the Clash, which is you, 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 you can't. Really, I mean, and I'm even talking about like just the Clash's first record. Like yeah. you compare, never mind the Bullets, here's the Sex Pistols to the Clash self-titled, and there's no question about which one's a better record. You know, and Joe Strummer is another hero. I Completely. Mean, well, the Clash stood for. It wasn't it just International Clash Day last week or something like that. Yeah. They have it it's every, 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 isn't it the day, uh, the anniversary of his death, I, I want to say. Yeah. Something. I remember when he died. I was in high school. 2002, that was. I mean, and they were like the first, I mean, they were basically like the first big punk band who had like meaning. You know, they it took for, it beyond. Oh, right. It was, you, you know, know, equal rights and oppressions and things that like. I mean, a lot of people will say in a way that they only made one punk record. Yeah. Because even by the second record, they were going a little more. For a non-punk sound, yeah, give them enough rope. Nineteen seventy-eight, yeah, which is another great. They're all great records, except maybe uh, cut the crap. The last one, I don't know if I even know that actually. Well, there's it's not a great. Record. <laughs> even they said it wasn't. I mean, that was after Mick Jones was out of the band. Oh, yeah, okay. Mick that's Jones. Probably, that's probably what I didn't know. I don't know why I just did the English accent. I think just hearing the name Mick. I mean, what? Yeah, what else? What else comes with that? But no, and I mean, getting back to teenage years. Uh, I mean, my mom took me to uh, and to meet the Ramones at a signing in New York City. Oh, that's sweet. when I was fourteen. And this is after they had broken up. It was nineteen ninety nine. Now, when did Joey die? He died by like two thousand one, two thousand two. Okay. So this was soon before. I mean, not this was. Close to them. Yeah, I guess it was. I guess it was. Because I remember, I think... Uh... But that was an amazing thing. I mean, as I said, that was after the band had broken up. 
they put out the, uh, the Ramones anthology and, you know, my mom had a close friend who lived in, in New York, in Manhattan. And I said, hey, you know, I want to go, could, could I go to this signing? And she's like, yeah, yeah, you want to go? So we did this road trip and we you know, went to New York and met the Ramones. That's awesome. And then Didi Ramone told me that he liked my hair. That's why I haven't changed the style that much ever wow. since. That's why I've still got the uh, oh, shit. 1999 uh, teenage punk-inspired uh, hairdo, whatever. Dude, that's, that's awesome. So, what a great mom! What a great story! Yeah, they're from, that's what they're from New York, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. I was CBGBs. CBGBs. Man. It was like them, the Talking Heads were yeah. CBGBs. Yeah. Who else? Uh, well, Blondie. Blondie was. I mean, not that. I'm, yeah. No. I mean, they were actually very different from all the other bands who played CBGBs. Yeah. Well, clearly, I mean, you know, and you know what CBGBs stood for? No. It's country. Bluegrass Blues. Okay. I did not know that. And that's what it was. And I guess the owner, who didn't even care about punk rock, he just he just saw that there was this kind of new music going on and that uh, he could make more money with that than with country bluegrass or blues. And so he, he just, I don't know, he just started booking punk bands, you know. Wow. What's his name? I think Hilly Crystal was his name. I think the, uh, was it, Retushin would know this. I think the cover of Physical Graffiti, Zeppelin's album, Yeah. was in New York City somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know much about it. And I'm not, I'm not really a huge Zeppelin fan, so I don't know. I mean, not that I, I don't, I like Zeppelin. I mean, <laughs> I own multiple albums of theirs. Yeah. I also own, I just own a lot of music yeah. in, in general. But no, I mean, I, I don't know all the like, you know, fan fact trivia about Zeppelin. I, it's, I was just explaining the other day to somebody. So what do you do? What do you, what are you into? I'm like, well, I mean, I dabble with a little bit of everything, but I'm like, really, I'm into music. Somebody didn't obviously know me that well. And I started thinking, I'm like, damn, dude, I'm like, you're like over $500 in concert debt right now. <laughs> like to these shows that I'm getting ready to go to, I'm just like, ah, but whatever. I mean, I, I think about it, like, I literally, but I think about like, I, I, I look at myself and I think of like, what makes, what, <laughs> what makes me happy? And it's mm -hmm. like deep conversations, music and laughter. Anything else, I don't really care. Like, if it's there or not, but it's like, those are literally the right, things right, that, right. like, I aspire to, to be around and have to be around. Yeah. Other than that, easy come, easy go. Something right, comes right, in my right, life, right, it does, right, it doesn't, right. it's like, but those have to be constants for me yeah. to be steady, stable as a human being, I guess. Well, yeah. the whole music thing, people don't, I mean, if, if, if you don't, if you don't, and I don't know, if you don't love it. You don't really, you can't understand. That's I mean, I know that's a, that's a very basic kind of statement to make, but especially being a musician and wanting to make your own music and, you know, play shows and, you know, rehearse with a band and do all of that stuff. If you don't, if you're not a part of that world, you're not, people don't even understand what's, I mean, they just, I mean, for so many people, music is just, you know, 
you know, just a background thing. Well, and, and, you know, maybe they'll listen to the same stuff that they did, you know, when they were kids. And, and, you know, and not that I still don't listen to a lot of the same stuff that I did when I was a kid, but... The same 16 songs, maybe. You know what I mean? Well, it's yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I was saying, exactly. I was saying I mean, People that don't one. have the attention span to listen to a whole album, right? That's what I mean, you know? Oh, that's like, you know, how many times people, oh, you're into music. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like music too. Like, okay, what do you like? Oh, there's that new song on the radio by that, I forget their name. I'm like, you know, that's, that's not you. It doesn't count. Yeah, that's not you liking music. Yeah. That's like you liking a tune that you heard, but you didn't even care enough to look into who it was, what it was called, yeah. when it came out, why you like it. Like, you don't like music. Yeah. You like the sound you heard as you walk by the, at the Macy's, you know, yeah, that's right. what you like. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Which maybe there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, sure. I'm surely at times my life would be a lot less frustrating and emotional if I didn't love sure, music as much as I did. Uh, speaking of which, the Youngstown music scene. Mm-hmm. Give me the good and the bad. What, what, do, you, what do you think about it? What do as I a, think As about a whole. Um, well, I think that there's a lot of great talent in the area. And, uh, you know, I spent a decent amount of time away. I mean, I graduated high school, you know, at age 18. And I went to Pittsburgh, where I went to college. So most of the time, for the next four to five years, I was in Pittsburgh. Did you go to high school at JFK? No, I went to Howland. Okay. Okay. Howland. Okay. So I wasn't really around during those years. And then I was away. I mean, I lived, I spent some time living in Europe. I was teaching English in France. Um, and then I spent some time living in New York for a couple years. So I didn't really move back here till I was about 27. So that's a big chunk of your life yeah. to not be around. Like it's almost a decade pretty much, you know, when I wasn't around here. So I kind of wasn't really in that, in the music scene here, like when I was in college or when, you know what I'm saying? And, and I kind of became introduced to it not being an outsider, but just not having been around the area that I grew up in for a long time. And uh, I couldn't believe how talented a lot of the people were. I mean, I, you know, I had just come from living in New York for a couple of years. Right. It wasn't like you which were is, in like some place yeah, in so I, mean, I, I had come from living in New York yeah. and I was doing some music out there, just singer-songwriter stuff, solo, because getting a band together was kind of insane and just, that's a whole other story, but... You know, so, but I just couldn't believe how talented a lot of the people were. And, you know, discovering places like, like Pete Revere's studio, uh, Ambreon Recorder, which is where... You do all your recording. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I couldn't believe that, you know, there's just such a great studio in Youngstown. Um, but I think, you know, I think there's a great range of different styles of music around here. And I mean, all kinds of people that, that I've crossed paths with, and, and not just Youngstown, but Northeast Ohio in general. You know, I mean, there's, I mean, let alone the people in my band. I mean, let's mention Dave Lynn, Dave Lynn, the the guitarist, I mean, who plays in my band and he's been in my band for a few years. I couldn't believe how fucking good that guy was when I first heard him. And I first heard him when he was playing in the jam band, Jones for Revival. As the bass player. As the bass player. And, uh... So when Pat Majernick moved back from Orlando, 
he was down in Orlando yeah. at the Full Sail Recording School. He's like, hey, man, and basically was living on my couch on the weekends when he first yeah. moved back. Didn't know anybody, didn't know anything. And uh, he knew of Dave Lynn because his mother works with uh, Dave's yeah. mother. So, he, you know, but I don't think he ever really heard him play. And we went to a Jones show and I looked at him and I'm like, just so you know, before this starts, the best guitar player in Northeast Ohio <laughs> is the bass player in this band. He's like, that's fucked up. That doesn't even make any sense. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same thing like, here. I was like, he's like, Dave, like, Dave that I know? I said, yeah. I said, yeah. yeah, the, yeah, Dave, yeah. The, Dave, the Dave that you know is the best guitar player in Northeast Ohio. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. you. And, uh... He would hate that we're talking about. No, I know. Or he would, well, he he would, would say that he would say that he hated it, but secretly I think he would like it. So it's funny because we've <laughs> had a couple of nights where I run into him downtown, and I'm like... I'm like, uh, Dave, you know, you should do my podcast. He's like, he's like, well, I don't know. I'm not really about getting the idea of, uh, you know, myself and promote myself. But, uh, well, I mean, if you really want me to, I'd love to. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. well, yeah, I clearly, yeah. I gotta, I gotta but, tell for Yeah. No, with Dave, the same thing. I mean, I was, you know, my friend Andre, who used to play bass in my band mm-hmm. early on, uh, he was friends with the guys in Jones for Revival. And I mean, anyway, he was like, he's like, oh, you know, Dave, the bass player, he's, He's like, you know, something like that. Like, he's like the best guitarist in the whole area. And I'm like, wait, the guy playing bass? Right. And I was like, he's a good bass player. And then, I, like, at the open mics they used to hang out at. I mean, that's where I got to know Dave. I mean, hearing him play guitar, I was like, what the fuck? This, this is insane. And, and then, and it, you know. It, the funniest thing is, is, like, when he just is like, my favorite part about watching Dave is before he even starts, when he's just, like, warming up. Yeah. You yeah. see him do that casual stroll that he does. His eyes are like barely open and he's just looking around. He's not paying attention to anything and he's just doing finger exercises. And it's just like that alone is more than most people that I know could do. And he doesn't even real. he's not trying to show off. He's doing nothing. He's just, yeah. he's just warming himself up yeah, yeah. and he's not even paying attention to himself. I don't think he's yeah, just trying yeah, to get his, yeah, yeah, his, the motor yeah, skills yeah. in his hands going. And I'm just, I'm, at that point, I'm just like, I'm happy to mirror. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should say, I mean, the people that don't know Dave, I mean, he is, you know, Trained as, I mean, he studied at classically the school. Trained, classically yeah. trained. Yes. I mean, really a jazz guy. Which, uh, if you can play but, jazz, I always but, say you can but, play anything. But the thing about Dave is that he's one of these classically trained kind of people that can still play in a rock band. Yeah. And, and not everybody's like that. That he can, you know, he can basically do the classical thing, but then he can also play with a rock band. And, I mean, you know, he's done the, I mean, he can, and he can also play, like, you know, like you know, a thousand notes a minute and just like really cram in more notes than anybody and you know he's playing in all kinds of like like prog like progressive kind of rock kind of bands and jam bands and I mean with me you know it's a mix of the kind of singer songwriter folk meets kind of Mediterranean influenced and blues it's all I, I hate like Discussing what you know genre my music is. I mean, you know what I'm talking. Yeah, well, about. you don't want to. You don't want to. You hate putting labels on what you're doing too. I mean, no, yeah. Nobody, I mean, and not to be pretentious. About no, no. It, but so. I mean, it's just because it's like you know, you, you don't look at it as the idea of just like, right. oh, I'm, I'm, you know, this is. I mean, right. obviously, everything has a style to yeah. some degree, but it's like, right. I mean, speaking of which, I, I was fortunate enough to you. You showed me. Uh, you sent me a couple of audio files in the last month maybe a little bit over a month ago of your is it your your so you're you're making a new album obviously yeah yeah, yeah. it's not out yet 
No. We've been working for a while on this. Uh, is it near completion? Is it half done? Is it well, a third Well, it depends on how much is done in April. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'd like to complete the rest of it. I mean, in an ideal world, I will complete the rest of it in April. I felt very special getting a inside. Well, the, yeah. I mean, I'd like to work on it in April and be able to mix it, you know, maybe a couple months after that and have it. So let's say you're mixing in June, something like that, and then you know, release it in the fall. And I mean, have enough time that you can really think about things like what, you know, kind of cover art do you want? I mean, trying to promote it a little bit other than just like, like, you know, one local CD release show or whatever, you know? But yeah, no, and it depends on how many, I don't know how many songs are going to be on it. It could be, uh, it could be as few as eight, could be as many as 12. It just depends on how things develop. But I've had, you know, I took a long break from uh, doing gigs. I mean, through 2016, 2017, and 2018, my band gigged a lot. And not just in Youngstown, but outside the area. I mean, mainly, you know, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, but in the whole area, like Akron, Canton, down to Columbus. and But, I mean, even further things away, like New York. and But, you know, did a lot of gigs, you know, three summers in a row. And two of them, I mean... You know, three summers in a row packed with gigs. Two of them, it was like every week we had one gig somewhere. Yeah. And that just cut into, you know, the writing and, you know, new material. Because if you're always just thinking about the next gig or rehearsing or somebody needs to fill in for somebody else, so you got to get them up to speed on the songs and all that stuff, you're not really focusing on that. Yeah, it's it's more scheduling and order than it is creativity. Yeah, so, yeah, so in the past year, I've really written a lot of stuff. And, uh, so it's been good to get back to that a little bit. And there's, you know, so there's good ideas and I mean, really, I mean, you know, stuff I'm pretty proud of. Would you say you're, as opposed to whatever else you have out right now, would you say you use your new album? Is it, is it more of tempo? Is it a little bit of everything? Is it, is it, is it, are you sticking, sticking within, like I said, I know we hate saying this, but is it. Is it? I don't want to say more of the same. That sounds bad, but it's like—is—is is there a different I would, vibe of all say, this? Right? I would say, if anything, uh, any like most of the kind of like old time and maybe even country influences are probably not going to be there. Uh, and I think maybe that just has to do with what I'm listening to these days. Yeah. Uh, and also, I mean, we had a pedal steel player who's Al Moss, who is another amazing, you know, musician that. I, you know, discovered here in Northeast Ohio, uh, who's not, probably not going to play on any of these. And even though the old songs weren't really country at all, when you put pedal steel on it, it just goes in that yeah, direction. Absolutely. Nothing wrong about it. No, no. But, uh, so I would say there's less of that. And, I mean, I've been playing a little more electric guitar. I mean, it's not like it's really like heavy distortion electric guitar, but... I'm going to say so, this has something to do with seeing the Black Keys. A little bit, maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. No? I don't think so. You, you texted I mean, me pretty heavy after that show that we went to. Well, not together, but we were all both there. And hey, man. I love the Black Keys. I saw them, you know, like in 2004, like, right after Rubber Factory came out, man. I mean, that, that, I still love that album so much. Oh, so that, and that's like, to me, I, I always... You know, after, that, the, after the show, I kept listening to that. I mean, that's the one. And he kept saying, like, Ohio-based music. That was yeah. We were in Pittsburgh, yeah. he kept saying, he's like, you guys kind of, you, you care if we play some more Ohio-based music? Josh looked at me, and he's just like, oh my gosh, man, 
Like, yeah, because yeah, he, he those early albums that they had were just <laughs> the first three. No, I should, and I make it sound like everything else they had was total shit. I mean, it was all good. No, but that's something that I mean, I connected with at a pretty young age, like between ages like I don't know, eighteen and twenty, something like that. You know, um, I don't, I always think Rubber Factory gets looked over though. I've heard people say it's like the forgotten album by the Black. That's Keys. weird to me. Yeah, because I think it might, it might. I don't know if it is my. It might be my favorite. I, I feel like the one after that was a little forgotten. Maybe I just didn't listen to it as much. Magic Potion. It was with uh, Your Touch, right? That was on there? Yeah, which isn't great. I mean, it might be my favorite song on that. Isn't that... The, yeah, there was the one... The only album that I never really, really... I thought was just... I shouldn't say I shouldn't say trash. That's terrible. I don't mean that. But I just don't care to give it a listen to because it, it was very slow. I think there was a lot of piano work. What attack and release? Yeah, I just didn't like it. I liked it at the time. I mean, and that I, I really that, liked. I got, got my, a lot of, I love. I got my might be one of my favorite yeah, songs ever. Yeah, yeah. But like that album in general, I'm just like. Ah. Yeah, you know, I went back and listened to it not long ago, and I I didn't remember it. It it, it didn't blow me away the way it did early on, and maybe that's just. I don't the know, the time of the life that you were at. Or so, the people you know. I was hanging out with. I remember just like a lot of my friends thought it was the greatest thing at the time. And they got a lot of really good press. Um, but anyway, bringing it back to me. <laughs> uh, no, so, but so the songs, like I said, if anything, there's like less, let's say, Americana on there. Uh, maybe. Or Bazooki? Well, so a little more electric guitar and more Bazooki, more. Greek influence stuff. I mean, not a whole lot, but I mean, it's. You're I speaking think, English. It's it's not. Yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> one song that's very much like, it's it's like a Greek, rambetiko song in terms of the rhythm and the instrumentation, but the other ones, and see that's another thing. Over the past two years, I've spent a lot of time working on this EP of old Greek folk songs, and that's another thing that's taken up a lot of my time. Like, I mean, we were doing a lot of gigs, blah, blah, blah. And, but at the same time, I was also recording these old Greek folk songs. So that's why I wasn't writing as much of my own for like a year there. And we just thought it would be an easier thing to do. Like I said, Rumbetico is like the Greek, the, the Greek blues. Um, and I thought it would be cool to just put an EP out of like five or six songs. Because my band is always... I mean, not always, but every, it really it since Dave joined the band, and he kind of encouraged it. Um, he, you know, a couple guitar bazooki, just the two of us, uh, maybe Caitlin, our violinist as well, but a couple old Greek folk songs as yeah. well, just as a part, like in the middle of the set. Right, you know? right. And people always love that. Yeah. People go crazy. They think it's, I mean, whether we're doing a great job with it, I don't know if that matters. It's just something that's so unique, and... I, I agree with that. That's that's a you know I I understand you know why people are drawn to that. Um, so the idea was we'll just go in, do a couple of these four or five songs and have it by the end of twenty eighteen. Well, I became obsessed with it, <laughs> you know, and it was like nah nah nah, the rhythm isn't quite right. And see, I understand, you know, a little bit more about the Greek music than. Even like as great of a musician as Dave is, or other people yeah, in the band, but I, I just, I just, culture. you know, culturally, I yeah. understand it. I'm like, yeah, 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 it's okay, but we're not doing it in as authentic of a way. So I mean, some of the stuff we redid, and uh, 
in the process, really realized that my Bazooki was kind of a piece of shit, and that I needed to buy another one. And then so I waited till I was going back to Greece again to buy another one. And uh, then re-recorded more parts. It's just like, you know, you know, it's like it's like the typical, you know, artist that goes mad, like working on their project, and everyone's like, you know, it sounds fine. And they're like, no, 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 it's not fine. Right. I get it. I get it. Can we pause for a minute? Yeah, we can pause. Any other beer? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm getting to. Yeah, all right. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be back in a minute. We back? We are back. No, so anyway, discussing the music scene, you know, uh, here in Youngstown. And, I mean, let's just broaden it a little bit to, like, Northeast Ohio and the whole kind of area. I mean, I'm just, uh, you know, as I said, I was in New York for a while. And, I mean, I you know, came back and was really, you know, I don't know, kind of, I don't want to say amazed, but it was, you know, I couldn't believe how great musicians I found and that I could, you know, in the area that I grew up in, that I could find people that would help me put together whatever visions I had and, and take me further. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but, yeah. it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny how just like in my own backyard, kind of like, through, you know, like, you know, while working on the side, <laughs> or it depends on what you look at as being on the side, my music or, you know, the paper cup business. But I was just amazed that I could put it together uh, with as many, you know, talented people and do kind of what I've, what I've done, at least, you know, I mean, whether it's been successful or not, I don't, you know. And I, not to say that I think everything that I do is great or whatever, you know. But, uh, no, so I wanted to say that. And, that, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, there is a great scene. I think, I think we could probably all do a little more to support each other. And I mean, I'm guilty of that as well. We all are. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of, I think that we should support each other. And, you know, it, like any scene anywhere, it's tough to bring in people that aren't a part of it. And people get really bitter really fast if, you know, a band's together and, it feels like a year later it's going nowhere or there aren't as many people at the shows and people just need to just push through that and just keep doing it and you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, and I, I, I have so many friends that grew up with that, you know, they, they're doing other things in their lives and they're, you know, they don't A, go out, let alone go see a band. Yeah. So if they are going out, they're not going out for entertainment, they're going out to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. So... It's hard for me to, you know, and that's the thing. It's like what I think of even the people who like the people that I talk to the most, they're all musicians. And even mm -hmm. if they're not best friends as musicians, they know each other's bands. But it's like, you know, they don't talk to themselves. It's like how we're all connected. And we all have this thing where we take part in. And, you know, it's not like this exclusive club. But uh, yeah, the, pro the it's, it's good and bad to where we have this community and we, we should support each other more than we do. But at the same time, it's like, I know that the other side of things is that just like, you know, seeing bands anymore, especially for the youth, isn't something that's that important. Unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. I mean, with the internet and everything being what it is, everything is so instant, nobody has yeah. the attention span to sit yeah, there. Yeah, show. yeah, it's true. And I, mean, I think so of many... how many people I know go to concerts and say, I don't care if I get there late. The song I want to hear, they're probably going to play last anyway. I'm like, yeah. why the fuck are you even well, there then? Yeah, right, right. right. Put the or, CD on. Yeah, yeah. Like, that. you're not, you don't care about that experience. Or the people that go, 
and they're annoyed that it doesn't sound exactly like the CD. It's like, well, how could it? Like, I mean, like, how could it? Like, there's no way that they could, you know, it's like, you know, in the recording studio when they did that, they didn't do it all at the same time. Like, people don't... I, I like, remember more guitar. Well, yeah, there's only one guy, and he, you know, he does this thing called... Well, uh, you know, uh, this is a different version of it. <laughs> but no, and yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that there's just... Uh, it, too many people slide into negativity. As far as? Meaning people, musicians, about themselves and um, about other bands and like, you know, other, you know, who's doing better than they are or this band sucks. I don't, or, you know, like. Yeah. Anyway, that's life, I guess. But. Yeah. Well, right. That's just people going through basically carrying out their own yeah. their their own securities and insecurities into their their musical profession or hobby yeah. if you will. But uh switching gears first off uh we talk politics a lot. Mm-hmm. Um we do which is great because it's nice to talk to somebody who well you 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 are more of a news junkie than me. I was telling I was yeah. I'm not going back to Retution again. I know I've mentioned him twice now, but uh speaking to him last week you know, I said, I said, I said, you know, I love the 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 political, co- you know, comments conversation I have with Timos. I said, I'm not nearly as up on the news. I said, I said, I think the difference is like, it's not just because of right now in the current administration. I don't yeah. even mean that. It's just like the more news I usually hear, like after so long, I just I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. So I, I like I I shun myself purposely because yeah. I'm like. I can't get depressed over this because this, yeah, this is where it's yeah. all going to lead to. Yeah, I kind of grew up with it. I mean, my dad is a news junkie. He's got the news on all the time. And he always did. And he and, you know, friends or, you know, like uncles of mine would just sit around and just like talk about like what was going on. And not even like being like political one way or the other, like, you know, pro this or anti that or conservative or liberal, we're just talking about what's going on. So yeah. like, and internationally, especially, um, but yeah, so I kind of, I don't know, I've kind of been exposed to that, you know, and, and that's probably why I am the way I am. But you know what, it's, especially in this era, you know, of Trump, it's become entertainment. It's be, I mean, and it's more entertainment than ever, and a lot of it is the way we consume media, getting updates on our phones, being able to just stream videos of any random campaign event that some politician is doing. Uh, it used to be if you you didn't watch like the nightly news, you wouldn't see all that stuff. Now it's like on you know a Facebook post. <laughs> the president of the United States' main news source is Twitter. Yeah, which exactly. I don't, which I don't even have. I don't go on it. I never liked it from the beginning. I was like, "This is horrible." I don't like. like I can't. I, the, I, I I'm too full of shit. I got I, I They only give what, you like how many characters to say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember at first it was like people had the. There was an argument that was like, "Well, no, no, it's going to be creative, and people are going to have to think about how they're going to, you know." And then like then you look at Trump, and it's just like he just like did away with that. It's like dot dot dot, and then keeps writing and keeps writing. I mean, not that he was the first person that ever did that, right? But, I feel like that definitely popularized it, but yeah, I never liked Twitter. At first, it seemed like a lot of work to me to have to like condense some kind of a thought 
into how many characters. Yeah, which that that, that, that structure right there, I was like, fuck this. Yeah, and then when that threw out the door, when that threw out, went out the door, I was just like, well, fuck that then. So there's like not even any creativity to how you're going to tweet. You're just going to like shout out information and be like, listen to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All caps. So the, the, the primary elections. Yeah, well, I mean, who knows what's going on? Nobody knows. Yeah. I mean, really, and it's early. It really is early. It is early. I mean, only mm-hmm. one state has really voted. I mean, the whole Iowa caucus thing was kind of a mess. Uh, and I don't even really, and again, I kind of learned a little bit more about this. Although maybe I learned this four years ago and forgot it. But about the whole caucusing thing that they go... And what you're in like some high school gyms or whatever, and you go from and they could say, "Why don't they just let people vote?" Yeah, I mean, and anyway, but it's so early. I mean, nobody knows what's really going to happen, and it seems to change like every week. Well, Pete's made a surge of, as of I hate saying that word surge. Well, it's like has. that's the political word to use the surge. Yeah, I think a surge. I think of that shitty pop we used to drink in high school. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Yeah, he has. I mean, but again, they say, I mean, and, you know, I mean, he has. I mean, but who knows what's going to go. I mean, you look at the polling, and, I mean, I, you I, can say polls are bullshit. I, I like, I, he's he's more of a moderate than me. Obviously, you know, I like yeah. I like Bernie because of Bernie's platform. Yeah. But, like, I really, and I, I, I do, I think Pete would do really good in debates against well, Trump. I really yes, do. I think he's a great debater. I think he he's did really well. Really on that. fucking intelligent. Yeah, he you is. can tell the he man is, is like he's very got, intelligent. He's got great momentum right now, yeah. and I mean he's got you know a great story too. Mm-hmm. You know, being a war vet. You know, I mean, being gay. Yeah. and you know, being a mayor of a small town and all that stuff. So he has that great kind of inspiring story. charisma. Yeah, if you will. You know, but who knows, man? It's, it is a while. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole thing with Bernie, though, the whole thing with Bernie, though, is that he really does, He, re, I think he really does, in, in a lot of ways, capture the feeling of liberal people in 2020. He's angry. He's the only one that, and he's got, he's got big ideas, man. Yeah. I mean, whether all that stuff can happen or not, he has big ideas. He's not afraid to just... Shoot shit down your throat and be like, you know, no, he's like, well, he's saying like things, that, he's, but, but the he's way saying the, things nobody else is yeah. saying, literally. I mean, but the way the system is, and with so many candidates in the field, he could possibly, with a narrow percentage, get the nomination. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about it, but no, but he could. I mean, in a way, that's what Trump did four years ago. What do you think about Bloomberg being like throwing himself in the race with his <laughs> well, money? Well, you know, the thing, and I've, I've read about it, I've thought about it, I understand the argument of him buying the election, or buying, heard, buying, buying his way into the election. I heard he's worth $68 billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was something about, he said if he, he already has a max of how much he'll, th- it's so many mil, it's not, it's not yeah. obviously a big amount, but right, it's so right, many mil right. that he's going to just cap out on regardless and just throw and see where he's at. Yeah. Like, he's already decided that. Yeah. Which is just like... Uh, but the thing is, I mean, how can I put this? Like, yeah, I understand the whole argument against him because he's he's a billionaire and you know he's you know you know basically buying his way to the nomination and all that. But 
the thing is, he has a lot of money and he wants to give it to democratic causes. He wants to support liberal causes. And if you look, I mean, and I mean, obviously I'm sure anybody listening to this can tell that I'm liberal. You know, so whatever. <laughs> don't worry. Whatever, they, don't whatever. worry. They know me. So. so no, but I mean, I don't even like, I, I, I hope it, 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 you know, I'm just going to this objectively. I mean, he gave a lot of money in 2018 uh, to Democratic candidates. And, you know, I think he donated more money than anyone and really helped a lot of Democrats get elected in 2018. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, I, I did. He's, he's given a lot of money to Democratic causes and he wants to keep doing that. You know what? If he wants to give his money to Democrats, so what? I mean, the Koch brothers well, give yeah, a lot of money they, to Republicans. They're, they're conservative happy. causes. They give probably 50% of the fucking... So if that, maybe that's just the way it is. Didn't now. the one just die? Yeah, I don't know. There's so many of them. Though. I think one of the... But it doesn't matter whether one of them dies. I mean, it is its own thing. Like, no, no, but, but I'm just... I'm just but no, you, you understand what I'm trying to say, you know? So... Like, who, I, I, I don't care if he... If I don't care about his money because they all have a lot of money. I mean, the Democratic Party... But what I'm saying is, do you... I mean, would you be... Obviously, you know, you're thinking whatever over Trump. I get that. But what I'm saying to you is, if that was the Democratic nominee... You mean Bloomberg? Bloomberg. Would you be... I don't want to say okay with that, but would it be like, yeah, that makes sense? I mean, I'm going to support... Whoever it is. Whoever it is. So I don't care. I mean, like... I mean, no, I wouldn't be that, I wouldn't be that bothered. Okay. I mean, he wants to support the Democratic cause, so, I mean, he's got a lot of money, and maybe the DNC needs the money. I, I don't know. It's, it, it, like I said, it's early. Who knows how people are going to vote? I mean, it, it's so early to tell, man. So, and moving on, then. 2020 but, election. But, but, but. Oh, but, go ahead, go ahead. Um, go ahead. You know, I'm sorry. I think that, uh, I think that in a way, I mean, back to Bernie Sanders, and I think, I think that people, and it's been proven that people vote based on emotion a lot of the time. Yeah, which is the stupidest. No, but it, it, like it or not, people vote based on emotion. And a lot of people that supported Trump voted for him because they felt that he embodied, you know, whatever sense they... Racism. Well, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm not even gonna go there, man. Let's say, I, I, say this. Say this. I know a lot. This is okay. I'll no, say no, this no, from no. my father, just real quick. He embodied not just saying racism. I mean, I, that was. I mean, I, it did to some degree, but at the other degrees, it was a part of like. I like that guy because he's not afraid to say anything, and I wish I was more like that. Yeah, I know emotion. people. It's emotion, right? It's I know emotion. people who are like, I just wish I could just say whatever I wanted, like that guy did. I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, but I think that, I think the only kind of figure in the Democratic field that inspires uh, a kind of following, and it's not even like Obama's following, but, you know, Obama had this great, uh, great, just like passionate following of people that idolized him. Well, the only person in the Democratic field that has that is Bernie. And people vote based on emotion and... He's got big ideas, and, you know, Trump has big ideas, too. So maybe the Democrats need to put out a big idea candidate. I mean, it, I mean when people are campaigning, the stuff that they say doesn't really happen. Well, no, I mean, regardless Trump, of who Trump they said, are. Trump said all kinds of well, stuff. Well, they all, I mean, they all do. 
Yeah, I mean, even if you follow through on some of it, I mean, yeah, Obama followed through on some of the stuff that he said and all that. But there's well, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that Trump said. So if Bernie's saying all this, you know, you know, and I mean, I don't even understand how they would really do it, like you know, college for all and stuff like that. But I'm just saying that, you know, I think that he captures, you know, an emotional kind of thing, an emotional feel and pull from people. And, you know, if the, if the Republican Party went further to the right with Trump, then maybe the Democratic field needs to go further to the left. I mean, I would never say that's a bad idea. But that's you know, and it's big me. ideas versus big ideas. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. So, this, okay. It, I so, mean, this is what I'm saying right now. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, you know, what so is it? February that, 18th. Right. Which leads me to my next point. And I think you've kind of said we don't know. That's where you're going to answer with this. But my next question was... Moving past the primary, whoever the primary uh, elected or elector, elector or electee would be, who wins the twenty twenty election? I mean, is it well? Is, I mean, it, is it is it is it? Can you say? Would you? Is it, first off, is it a landslide? Either way, I uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know, man. Is it a I landslide it, because of the electoral college? Well, that's a whole other. What, what, uh, because I, I was telling this to the guy that I work with. I was saying this, like, Ray, I, I should just say, I say Ray a lot, and he's like, I should start saying Ray. Um, I think, you know, I have this debate with my father all the time, and he, he just, he's like, well, you know, if it wasn't for the Electoral College, you know, so many people wouldn't have a say unless you lived in a big city, blah, blah, blah. I think what the Democrats need to do with all this gerrymandering, all this shit that they do, right now, the number one problem is voter suppression. Mm-hmm. More than anything. It's true. The census is another way of that. They are putting out the census and people are not filling out the census because they're illegal immigrants. And they, they don't want to get themselves up. Right, so, right, and, right. But the census knows this. And the way, where they're giving money and who they're giving it to and where it's going isn't where it actually needs to be because of these areas never – the areas that need it the most aren't getting it because of this voter suppression that, that's happening in these ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like – you know, I, I, I always think if the Democrats, if the next, I mean, shit, we should have done this when, when Obama, we said this about Ruth Bader Ginsburg or whatever. Yeah. We said this. It was stupid. Why is she not, why did she, as great as she is and as awesome as she's done and she's still doing it, God bless you, she lady. She should have retired. It's time, where, where, while there's a Democrat in office, yeah, and give that seat to a young person with your same beliefs who can carry on your legacy. You're going to die in there. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. We're going to lose the Supreme Court. We're going to be fucked. What's the whole idea of like serve till death? <laughs> yeah, Passion, no, maybe. Stupid. I get oh, it. Come on, but you got to be pragmatic and think about you know. What's the split right now? Five four. Right, Republicans and Democrats, right? Well, it shouldn't be, but right, I mean, they they should kind of like it should just yeah yeah basically it is five four. I mean, like everything anymore, it just seems to come down to Republican Democrat, Which Republican is, Democrat, yeah. left right, you know, but. Um, but if we no. ever, my point is, if we ever own the House and the Senate again, the first, the next thing we should do is get rid of the Electoral College. Yeah, it's, but it's never going to happen. It's going to, I mean, it's going to, I, I, I At agree. least try to put a bill to well, it. I agree. I mean, how can you argue with more people, you know, how do you win an election? Well, more people vote for you. Well, except for, you know, the Electoral College, because it, it doesn't make any sense. You get more votes, you win. What did we win the, the popular vote by? Three million? Yeah. That we know of? 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that's no, just yeah. But getting back to your question, man, the who do I think is going to win? I don't know. 
but don't forget, I mean, Trump is an incumbent, and incumbent presidents have a big advantage. Yeah. I mean, and what, what, what sucks is the economy is actually yeah, yeah, good yeah, right yeah. exactly. What, but regardless past, of that, no, but in the past like fifty years, what the only the only presidents like uh, you know the only sitting presidents, the only incumbent presidents that have lost have been Carter and George H W Bush, and I mean both of them lost at times when the economy wasn't great, and the economy is actually looking. I mean, it depends on what you're gauging it on, but it, it's not bad. I say this all the time, and it's not just because Trump's in or I wouldn't care who's. I, I, I think the economy has a lot more to do than just the presidency. I, you know, it's like the president. Whatever the economy's at, the, whatever the president is, if it's good or bad, takes total responsibility for. And I, I mean, I'm not saying it's nothing to do with it, yeah. but it's like, well, the the economy is great. Well, that's because of the president. Really, it's not. It's I mean, and, and if it was a Democrat, I would still be like. That's not why the economy is probably. I mean, there's a lot of factors that play into a great economy. On some level, but right, like, not right. But you can't say, "Oh, the economy is great." That's because of me, yeah. regardless of who me is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've never thought that. Yeah, it's like that's one aspect, and there's so much that plays into that. But that's Complete. what people. That's what that people, and you know, the the feeling out there from from what I hear is that a lot of people feel that even if they don't like Trump, they're doing pretty well under him. Yeah, what, what did Bill, something about people, they, they feel their life's going to get better in the next year. Yeah. For whatever reason, they keep saying. Yeah. You know, and Bill's like, oh shit, we're talking about Bill Murray, he was having that on the show the other day. And yeah, I remember that. How people just feel, for whatever reason, in the next year, their life's going to be even better. Which, I'm not saying, I mean, that's, what, that's a good feeling to have for anybody. I mean, want to have a right. shittier life in the next year, but, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, we haven't gotten into any wars, really. No. No, we haven't. And that was actually what I was more afraid of than anything. Well, that and destroying the environment, which, well, that's, that's happening. Yeah. Even more than it used to. I'm not saying it's all the current administration's fault, but, you know, the, the, the first two things, defunding all the, all the fucking, the Great Lakes and then just not doing the Paris Agreement, I was just like, okay, well... I've seen enough. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> that was at that level. I was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, what happens? Let's see what happens. And I was like, yeah, okay. Um, should we, while we're talking about that, should, should, we, should we touch feminism at all? We've, we've, we've talked going. about it briefly and how this millennial society's view on feminism, is it exactly what feminism was supposed to be or is right. as far as the origin? We've had to talk about this a few times. Right. Uh, refresh my memory. What? <laughs> <laughs> just about like the whole like you're talking about like, Me Too kind of stuff. Well, or, like, n- not just Me like, Too, but the idea that well, the, like the idea of like having like you know it's you know you know equality between the sexes and then you know you should have like you know you know strong independent women, but that that doesn't mean just like you know, the kind of like, what, 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 like the, 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 so feminism as defined. Right. From what I've right. researched, is just equality. Yeah. Meaning a woman means the same as a man. Yeah. Which I will never argue with. And I will say 100% to anything that that should be the case in any, in any situation where it comes to the abilities. 
If, yeah. if it's, I mean, and I, they, I mean, yeah, I don't look at anybody as less or more because of their sex, yeah, right. their sexual orientation, their color, their race. To me, it's all, it's all, that means nothing to me. Right. What's inside your fucking head? That's what it's I care mind. about. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, it's, that's not a color, that's not a sex, that's nothing. Um, but the, the conversation we were having was how, what, what it's, it's, it's almost turned into with the youngest generation of, just accepting that they, they maybe not should have more. Oh, okay. remember we talked about right. all this? That they don't really understand what the struggle for that was. Exactly. Right. And now right. that anytime anything is in play with anything, they, they look at it like, well, that's because, you know, I'm a feminist. Because it's like, yeah, who does? I have two sisters and a mother. Why would I want them to be suppressed in any way? Yeah, you know? right. and, I, and I get all that. And I, but the thing is, it's like financially, like there's laws in place now. Right. You know, like you, you, you know, I look at my sister who got decent, okay, not even good, okay grades at ITT Tech mm -hmm. and got hired as the um, CAD operator, like, like head of the CAD department mm -hmm. at Thorson and Baker out of Richfield, uh, Cleveland, not because she was exceptional in an interview. And she knows this. This is her telling me this. Mm -hmm. Not because she had the best grades. Because they had to hire so many women. And she got an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, I get it. That, that Good for her. And that's... So it's like... I just... I've, I've, I hear this cry from time to time about, you know, like the idea of... You know... I, and, okay, and I'll say this. Like, being a woman... In a, in a, in a, is it, and I mean, I will... Yeah, it, it is a man's world. Uh, which mm -hmm. sadly, and I, I say that because it sadly is, but you are looked at as more of an object than a man is. Right. And and I and I will always say like if a guy just says a sleazy thing to a girl in passing on the street, some and somebody they don't even know, like that's shitty. And I and I will say every time like that is something that they put up with that we never really had to. Yeah. Now I've had comments said to me from people from time to time that people yeah. that I didn't know who solicited me strictly. <laughs> Which I never got offended by it, yeah, but at the yeah, same yeah. time, I don't know if it was the 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 the, the, uh, the manly thing, but it was just like, well, nothing's gonna happen here. Clearly. It's like out of the norm, right? Right? It, it, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like, well, she wants to take advantage of me, so I better watch because this could happen. Yeah. Right. It was kind of like me laughing and being like, I'm not worried about this situation. Right. But yeah, to 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 the effect of that part, I'll always agree with. But it's just like. You want to be great? Be great. This is a country for it. Yeah. It's set up that way. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I struggle at times because it's like I, 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 I try to put myself to be a woman at times. I think that I've mm -hmm. being around women my entire life as far as my upbringing. My mm -hmm. father wasn't around much. He was always at work. So it's, you know, having sisters, does, basically, huh? Now you do what he does. Right. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but it's like having sisters mm -hmm. and I wouldn't even say like, I'm the biggest feminist in my family. They, 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 I know you've said that they before. want to the idea of, well, you know, you know, the man does this. I was like, no, be equals, be equals, <laughs> be equals, you know? So but at the like, same time, they, I mean, they kind of, I mean, are though, from what you say, right? About your sisters, right? What's that? I mean, they're products of the modern yeah to some degree world. I mean yeah but they once they, they, the, the suppressiveness of like my sister's vows that, that, that she wanted me to read for her wedding my younger sister I was like Tara 
you know, the man is the is the provider and the, the, the woman is yeah. there to support his needs. I'm like, this is like, this is like, sounds like slavery. Is this, is this what you wish? Well, did your mom work? My mother had, she worked at Timberland. She was a waitress for years. Okay. And then she worked at the school and the cafeteria for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, part-time, but you know. Yeah. So, but it's just. So she still provides. But it comes too. from traditional families. Yeah. And there's nothing, and which is like, that's just, you know. Coming from the idea where my dad, who went from his sisters and parents and everything to, to my mom and everything for him, like, that's just the way this family has always seen mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. You know, I am all about the idea of the woman being just as powerful as a man. You know, yeah. I don't think that cooking is a woman. You know, I mean, that, and this is, but that's, my, that's our society and that, that is our, not society, that is our yeah. generation well, looking different than that. But yeah. I'm saying I'm hearing gripes. From the 18s, from the, not personally, obviously, but like from the younger, like, you know, men are pigs, men are this, men are that. It's like, I get it. I get it. But it's like the same time, it's like, you don't really have these oppressions that this was set up for years ago. You don't have it as bad as it used to be. You don't really know what. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I was trying to say about the Me Too movement. And I, I don't mean to. And I, I should watch what I right. say. Right, you're not discrediting the movement. I'm not discrediting the movement, but right. just like, you know, uh, uh, women shouldn't just like scream like sexual harassment just because, for, for any slight thing, you know what I mean? Or, or I don't know, I should probably stop it. Yeah, but, but, that, but, that, but <laughs> that, that, I mean, to be said, like I said, I mean, you know, that... Each case is its own, but it's like... And I'm not, like I said, again, I'm not saying that men have it harder than women. I Obviously, it's not true, but mm-hmm. it's like, that goes both ways. Sexual harassment goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. just that maybe because we're men, like, it's not that we like it, but we're just like, I think it's more laughable. I mean, to me at least, because it's yeah, just like, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, yeah. like, I mean, I've worked in jobs where I've had... People say things to me. I've had people... I know that this, you know, lady's staring at my ass. And not because I'm the greatest thing ever. It's like, you haven't yeah. seen a guy under 60 in a while. I get it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, said things to me, yeah. you know, this yeah. and that. But I'm just like, I don't take that as, you know, fucking stupid women. You know, who do you think? I'm just a young piece of meat to you. But like I said, like, I, I understand where, where, where I always feel the effects of, you know... I just feel like there, there's a lot of women that have been used in the wrong way. Yeah. And there seems to be others who, to some degree, are trying to say, hey, and not saying to me too, but just in general, right, like, right, hey, right, well, right. that, yeah, I know what you're talking about, but it's like, no, right, you don't. Right, These right, people right, have real right. struggles. Like, right, right. your struggle wasn't that. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, you got catcalled. That's bullshit. I get it. But, yeah. like, don't put your struggle with the idea that what women set up years ago. Yeah, I mean, a cat call is not really, I mean, great oppression. No. It's just annoying. Right? Right? right. I mean, well, if I got cat called, I would just be like, okay, that's kind of, you know. I mean, I have. Living in here, are you kidding me? Woo, hey, boy, what's up, man? What you got in that house? I, and I'm not, that's not a lie. I've heard it. I mean, that's I've lived funny. here for 10 years. I'm not saying it happens every day. Yeah, right, right. But it's like, I heard about you. You just moved in. I'm like, yeah, well, okay, yeah. yeah I was, you know, like, yeah. And I'm like, you know, hit me up. Like, okay, cool. Hi, Nate. Nice to see you. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Anyway, moving on. I don't know. I just thought I'd bring it up. Traditions. Traditions? In general. 
I had this talk with you before, and it was funny because right after this, we were watching Bill, once again, this goes back to Bill Maher, and, and he had this whole talk about his ideas on traditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, coming yeah. from a very traditional homestead, correct? Yeah, in some ways, yeah. I mean, I mean, in some ways, very much. In, in other ways, no. But yeah, I mean, the whole, uh, you're talking about like the Greek traditions and all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, as we said, you know, and I mean, getting back to the whole feminism thing, I mean, you know, my mom is very much a feminist, and I mean, my mom was, I mean, she taught at Penn State, basically, as a college professor, um, and, you know, I mean, my dad obviously had the business, which was the main, uh, he was, I suppose, the main provider of the family, but I mean, her, her income was also pretty significant, and he was not in any way against my mother working. In fact, he encouraged her to get her job when she, because she had done academic work and ended up, anyway, so she taught at Penn State over the Shenango campus in Sharon. Um, so anyway, but you know, so in some ways, you know, that's a pretty modern kind of approach to, you know what I mean? But at the same time, my mom's also very much kind of, I would say, I wouldn't even, I don't know if it's conformed to, uh, but, you know, been very much a part of, like, some more traditional kind of things that my dad prefers. Like, you know, like, I mean, she always is the one to cook dinner. Like, you, you were talking oh, about cooking dinner. And my, and my, mom's, my mom's a great cook, and right. she also loves to cook. Yeah, that's a, and it's kind same, of, same with my And dad. kind of interested in all kinds of interesting foods and kind of, you know... Stuff like that, so it's not like she's like forced to cook or whatever. But you know, my dad, other than maybe grilling or when we have people That's over, right. thing, my dad will like, grill. Yeah. So it's it's in it, it, you know, my dad is in some ways very traditional, and I mean, we've talked about. I think the thing that you're referencing is the whole naming issue. You know where I'm going. And I'm, I'm named after my grandfather. <laughs> right. And the Greek tradition is that you know the firstborn son is named after your father, and then he, you know, the firstborn son will name his firstborn son. After you, you know what I mean? So your grandson will have your name. And I think I said to you, that's kind of like, you know, kind of a beautiful thing that, you know, I mean, I have my grandfather's name and it sort of lives on. And then my son, you know, will have my father's name and all that stuff. And, and you were kind of like, oh, come on. You think you're so important that people care about your tradition? <laughs> so well, my point was, sh should you name your son whatever your name or your grandfather's name, just because of tradition. And that's where I will say, no. Now, if no, you want to, yeah. and you and your, whoever you're having this child with someday, yeah. Yeah. decides that that's like, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm not against that. But yeah. I'm saying yeah. is, yeah. that's like, that's almost like predestined that like this is going to happen. Like I said before, man, tradition, man, it's dead people's baggage. At some point, you just got to be like, look, and that's tradition in general. For yeah. like, you know, my I get but, I get but, shit all the time from my dad. Like, this is how you know you don't understand. Your great grandfather did this. Your your grandfather. I'm like, and they it'll work for them, and that's great. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's it's me. They didn't. They don't fucking know me, and I don't even know them. Yeah, so but there's also traditions in terms of like you know, uh, like music that's passed down, like traditional music and dances and. There's not. I'm saying there's nothing wrong with it yeah, if yeah, yeah. if if you're into it. But yeah. to, but um, but my but, point but, is but 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 tradition also does in, in ways. Preserve culture, like so, like you know, with the Greek kind of, you know, background. There's a cultural identity there, and you know, you know, 
all kinds of things that we identify as, or whether it's Italian or Irish or you name it. You know what I mean? There's so there's cultural things that are passed down. Right. That if the next generation is just like, well, fuck that, I don't care. Then you know what are they going to do? Just like watch Disney? Well, but but I'm saying no. That, that's what I'm saying. You know. Like, but if they don't like, care, they don't care. Like to me, it's not like a terrible thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's. I mean, I guess I don't think it's. I mean, I. I mean, it's not like. Yeah, I mean, I. There's nothing wrong with passing on traditions to me that you enjoy. But to do, like, I know so many people who do things, not just family. Yeah. You know, going bowling, it's Friday night. Why? It's Friday night. I always go bowling Friday night. Do you want to go bowling? I don't know, kind of. Yeah. Well, why are you going? Because it's a tradition. I always go. Well, do you want to do it? I mean, I can think of other things I'd rather do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My point is, that's where I'm just like, don't go through the motions. Right. Like, if if it means something to you and it's something that you want to upheld because it makes you feel good, no problems with that. But I always, I'm like, you know, look, I was supposed to have 15 fucking children, get married when I was 19, and never leave Greenford. Yeah, I understand. None of that's going to happen because it's not I who I am. I understand. You know, people are a virus in my eyes, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Human race in general is a giant fucking virus, but whatever. Um, that's, that's, yeah. But just tradition, I mean, I've always thought that about any tradition. I mean, if you start a tradition that you'd like for you and somebody else, your kids like it or your friends like it or your family, that's yeah, great. Right, right, but right. like I always say. Well, I'm all, yeah, I'm all about inventing your own traditions. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, you know, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I agree. What is Greece like? What is Greece like? Well, that's a big question. Like, uh, a, like a day-to-day, give me the Grecian experience. Uh, that's what we're, Grecian, the, is that what we're, Grecian? Well, it, it's kind of, we'd say Greek though. I mean, Grecian's kind of outdated a little bit. Um, <laughs> You know, what's Greece like? I mean, you know, it's Dino's hard. Dino's has been feeding me Heineken, so I don't know if some of these words make any sense. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. Yes, I'm the... Yeah. <laughs> You're Heineken an enabler, is, man. Instead of premium light you, Heineken. Yeah. Well, but, um, um, it's, yeah. You come to a painter's house and you bring beer. What do you think is going to happen? Anyway, no, Greece, I mean, as I said, I mean, I've spent a lot of time over there. I've got family. I mean, I grew up going over there. I mean, my family... You know, my dad's from Athens, so I spent a lot of time in, um, you know, in the capital city, which is a city of over 4 million people, about, so, uh, you know, growing up, it was always really great for me, going over there and being in the big city, which is kind of, you know, and not that I haven't traveled around Greece, gone to islands, gone, visited the countryside, but the majority of the time that I've spent has been in Athens, and so many other people... Um, not just around here, but in general, Greek Americans, most of their families are from islands or from villages or from, you know, more remote kind of areas. Um, so I feel like in some ways my experience is a little different, but, uh, you know, so I can tell you, I mean, Athens is, you know, it's a big, crazy, chaotic city. I mean, it's Mediterranean Europe, you know, what are you eating on a daily basis? Well, a lot of what I eat here too, because I eat a lot of kind of Greek food. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Well, like I culturally, mean, what, what what I mean, I know the grape leaves, this and that, but like lots of lamb. Is that true? Or are you eat um, less lamb than you would think. I okay. mean, lamb obviously lamb. You know, but I mean, people, you know, people eat just as much beef and chicken and pork as as well. I mean, uh, you know, I mean souvlaki. I mean gyros is like so good in Greece because I mean. It's it's way better. Nothing against any American gyros, but it just tastes better over there. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, 
it's more like real chunks of meat on there, you know, than the yeah. Not know. that not that fucking weird carousel thing that yeah, you don't know which it is. is that kind of mystery meat. <laughs> I think they passed a law over there, like outlawing that the mystery meat. So yeah, you know. So I mean, you've got you know, there's you know the the food. And I mean, I should say like gyros and like souvlaki and all that. That's like, I mean, it, it, it's fucking great. But in a, in a way, it's almost like a fast food. You know, it's not like the healthy Mediterranean cuisine. Which, right. I mean, fresh fruits and vegetables over there are like insane. Like you go to the farm. Because of the climate. Yeah, yeah. And it's so fresh. And I mean, it's a smaller country. What's, what's winter like in Greece? It depends. I mean, winter, I mean, depends on where you are in Greece. If you're up in the mountains or in northern Greece, I mean, there's snow up there. I mean, but like in Athens, I mean, it probably, it doesn't really go under freezing that much. Is there a, can you give me a comparison as far as like the size of Greece to what something over here would be? I'm not sure. Uh, Population-wise, Greece is only 10 million people. No, I meant uh, land-wise. Land-wise, I'm not sure. It's like probably... It, I mean, probably some state in New England. I mean, all of Europe is so very small. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. like, you know, France is the size of Texas, and it's like the, the you know, one of the biggest countries in Europe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not that Texas isn't one of our biggest states, but Texas is just one of how many states One we have. state of a country, whereas France is a country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, what was I saying? I mean, what, you know, the wintertime, like, and I mean, we can look at the temperatures. What's the temperature? I mean, you see the sun a whole lot more than you do over there in Northeast Ohio, but you can say that about a lot of areas. Something I heard, something that we only get like 80, 80 out of 365, we get like 80 some sunny days a year. All right. So the temperature tomorrow in Athens is going to be 62 and the low is 46. And this is February. Yeah, I I'd have to look at the equator wise. Obviously, that's a plot I play. I think that. that's I think that's a little warmer than usual. I spent one winter over there, so I have spent a winter, and I mean I've gone different times, but I spent a full winter. Um, but I don't know what's it like. It's hard to say. You know what's it like. I mean I can just tell you like what my experiences are. I guess because I mean it's it's all you know, it's all just about how you, what you take in. I mean. I don't know. I mean, it's lots of wine drinking. Well, yeah, yeah. Was it? Is if it, you want is, to. is Uzo? Is that? Is that? Am I thinking it's some other culture? No, it's Uzo's great. Uzo's great. Uzo's great. I know. I don't like it. I know. I've had multiple shots of it. Not it's not good as a shot, man. You gotta sip it. Yeah. You gotta sip but it. I probably have didn't have. Food. I probably didn't have like good. You gotta have it with food, and you gotta yeah? sip it. Oh yeah, man. What is it made from? Do you know? Um, it's basically. Uh, it's basically whatever they make the wine from, and they keep distilling it more and more and more. And like all the winemaking cultures have that. You know, the grappa, the Italian, yeah, yeah. and. Um, but what they do with Uzo, they color it, they color it, they, uh, they flavor it with uh, anisette, and that's what gives it that licorice kind of flavor. I mean, I'm actually not as crazy about Uzo as I am Tsipuro. Tsipuro, which is the uh, Greek. Uh, Greek version of grappa. So it's basically just what they make and it's, you know, just, you know, whatever they made the wine from, they keep distilling it. And I mean, there's more, there's more, I, I don't understand how they distill the stuff. So there's more of an art, like, like there is anything, like whether it's wine making or beer making or anything. Um, 
and they keep distilling it somehow. And it gets more more and higher and higher in alcohol content. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I mean. Our family makes sleep of it, so I mean. Yeah, it's just, every culture has it. Yeah. Like I'm saying, you know what I mean. Usually with prunes, just because that's what was likely to be found in Slovakia. Yeah. Back in the day. So. Yeah. But I mean, I think Greece is. I mean, I think anybody should visit. I think it's. I mean, I'm a little biased, I guess, but it's a. You know, I mean, it also is a country with a huge tourist industry. So, I mean, but there's a lot of history to see. I mean, you know, it, you know, literally ancient history to see. Um, you know, the beaches are beautiful. It's, you know, it's an interesting country. It's a small country, but there's so much you can see because it's spread out. And, you know, there how many islands there are. I mean, you could spend, you could, you know, spend a lifetime... Even if you're Greek, you could like almost spend a lifetime vacationing in Greece and not go to all the islands. <laughs> right. In a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot to see. So it's not just one, you know, landmass locked in kind of. So outside of Greece, where would you like to go? Location-wise. Where you haven't been. Where you're like, you know, I, I need to go there. Um, I mean, I'd like to see more places in Europe. Um, I'd like to go to Rome. I've been to Italy, a few different places. I've been to Naples, Napoli. Uh, I've been to Milan. I've been to Venice, but I've never been to Rome. So I'd love to. I'd love to go to Rome. Um, I haven't been to England. I'd like to go to England, uh, and even like Ireland would be cool. Um, I'd like. I mean, I've been to Barcelona and Spain, but I'd like to see, you know, more of the rest of the country. I go to Madrid. Maybe go to Portugal. Um, so yeah, that's quite a few trips there. More European than anything, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm, you know, I'm not that interested in going to Asia or, uh, I don't know, Africa or, I mean, South America. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I'd like to go to Mexico. Mexico City? Or just anywhere in Mexico? Um, I'd, I heard that Mexico City is one of the best smelling pots in the world. It's one of the biggest cities in the world. Too. I know. And that's probably why it's one of the biggest. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to. I mean, there's a lot of parts of the U.S. I'd like to see. I've done most of that. Yeah. Yeah. When I was young. Well, that between my young and my twenties. Yeah. Cities I in mean, my twenties, land when I was in my national yeah. parks in my early brain. I wouldn't mind seeing more of like the southwestern states, like you know, parts of Texas. Never uh, been. I can say that. You know, Austin Austin would be cool. I would love to go to Austin. Yeah. Yeah, that's one I mean, I'd like to go down there. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, New Mexico, Arizona. Like, I don't know. It just seems interesting to me. I don't really know desert at all. Arizona's, I've been, I've never really been through New Mexico, but I've spent on a couple different trips. I've been to Arizona, did some, uh, did some, uh, some climbing, yeah. rock climbing, some trail climbing, a lot of fun. Yeah. There's so many places to see. I mean, I, I don't even like, I don't know, like Florida. I don't really, I've been to Florida like once or twice. I don't really, I don't really know Florida, you know, man. You know, it's, that's what I, I mean, I don't know. But you don't want to go to Florida. I ain't not there. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I should say that. There's, there's something. In every city, there's something. But it's like, I got family there, and it's just like, they always want me to come down. Yeah. It seems like everybody has family. I mean, I have relatives. In well, they too. fucking left here, and that's where the snowbirds yeah. are. And then I stay there. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, there's yeah. no seasons. It's buggy as shit. I hate humidity. Like, I mean, I'm not saying it it's is humid. If you're old, it's great. If 
<laughs> you know, well, I mean, you know where else I'd like to go? I'd like to go to New Orleans. I was in New Orleans when I was eight with my parents. I just was told by a guy who's lived in like 15 countries that I know that his favorite city he's ever been to is New Orleans. And nothing to do with Mardi Gras. Just on a day-to-day basis, yeah. he fucking loves the city. He thinks it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've never been there myself. I've heard I the mean, city smells like shit, literally. Yeah. Like actual shit. I don't know if that's true. Anything to do with the sea level. I don't know. But I've heard like you, you well, actually get yeah. used to the smell after a couple of days. But actually, literally. Aren't there like a lot of uh, like uh, horse-drawn carriages or whatever? Maybe it's the horse shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's the horse shit. <laughs> Is there anybody that you'd really like to meet? Like a celebrity kind of person? No, it just doesn't have to be. Somebody that you, you know, maybe from your history of your family and your past that you didn't know about, or a celebrity, or a musician, or a politician, or a... I mean, it's not basic, but I mean, I'd like to... I don't even know if I'd like to meet him, but it'd be interesting to meet Bob Dylan. It's probably the weirdest fucking experience ever I mean it might not even be that nice I knew I knew his music yeah a little bit and then I saw this was probably when I was like 18 19 mm-hmm. I saw an interview with him on 60 Minutes oh yeah 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 and I was just like I literally was like I, I was watching with my dad yeah and like the first minute or two like he just seemed crazy and we are like laughing at him Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's you know, that's Bobby, you know, Bobby, you know, blah, blah. and I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, who, you know, I know this guy. Who the fuck? And then, then he started like, they started asking more questions. I'm just like, this guy is like, a, like, the most interesting person yeah, I've yeah, ever yeah, heard yeah, talk yeah, yeah. in my entire life. Right. Yeah. And ever right. since then, I was just like, I'm just like, I'm like, oh my gosh. He's like, yeah, you know, man, you know, you got your parents, but he's like, you know, your parents are. I feel like everybody just. Their parents aren't who their parents actually are. Then like, he explains it. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, dude. That's man. a great interview. Yeah. That's when his uh, autobiography came out, which is not even really an autobiography. Because, I mean, they found that a lot of what he writes in that is, like, kind of fiction. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think it'd be kind of interesting to meet Dylan. I mean, whether or not, I mean, he's one of the most difficult people to actually meet so there's there's no practicality to thinking that's going to happen and a lot of people tell you that he's really not that nice and part of that is just him being so famous but it's also partly just because he's so so weird and i mean i mean that you know in a in a you know i don't know kind of a I don't know, like, I don't want to just say, though, he's a genius, because that's the most basic thing you can say about Dylan, but he's such a, like, such an interesting, kind of intriguing, kind of strange character. That, yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's something. So that'd be an interesting thing. Like, it probably, it might not even be pleasant. <laughs> but who knows? Um, this is something I, I wrote on Facebook. I think it was last summer, maybe spring. It was early spring, I believe. And it just came to me as I'm standing on this fucking scaffold in the middle of Lisbon, three stories high, waiting for a semi just to hit it and know that that might be the end. <clears throat> Having kids and voting are the two things that you can do to affect everyone. You don't need a degree, pass a test, 
or have any degree of knowledge other than knowing your reproductive parts work to fuck and being 18 to vote. And we wonder why this world is so fucked up. Right. And you comment, you didn't comment, but you liked it. I remember after I posted and we had a, a conversation about it. Should there be more insights or tests or something you have to pass to, to even be able to be vote worthy? Well, you know, that's getting into very selective kind of democracy. I understand that. I get that. And that's not and that's, very liberal by any means. Well, that, that takes it away from any kind of, uh, you know... Underprivileged, popular, uneducated person. No, but it takes it away from popular democratic sort of uh, movements, which is like, you know, giving everybody the vote. You know, which is, you know, what society kind of worked towards for so many centuries. And again, you know, we should say, I mean, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but I studied history, you know. So I, I you know... I've read a lot of the, you know, I'm not saying like I'm an authority on anything, but I'm just saying that I studied history, and I mean, I was actually, I mean, in a PhD program uh, in in history, um, but anyway, I left that. <laughs> anyway, so no, but I mean, you know, I don't know. No, I mean, I guess my answer is no. I don't think you should. I mean, and I think any being 18 is enough of a requirement. That's all that should matter. And you're right. In, in I mean, yes, no. Well, the, uh, the ideal is to have an informed electorate <laughs> right. that, you know, but... But that's the thing, is like, what, what do we consider? But, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, how can you, I mean, giving a right to vote, you know, how can you possibly take that away or make it depend on certain things? You know what I mean? Right. I get it, but I just, I, I don't know. I think of, well, you know, even educated people, so many, even, even an educated person could, could get to the point where they could just be like, yeah, you know, I, I, I didn't really agree with them, but, you know, I just, charismatic. I did it. Liked it. Went with it. We're talking about politicians? Yeah, yeah just in general. Why, why people vote? Well, I just mentioned earlier, it's, a lot of it's emotion-based yeah. and, you know, so, I mean, personalities. I mean, and, and even educated people, I think, could fall into that, but it's just... I don't know. I, I just I just wish that there was a higher grade that we held yeah. ourselves to for the people who are running our futures as far as the country. That it's society yeah. we stood behind that was like, it's not just enough. Like the the fact that like you know some of us don't even vote because we just don't fucking care or we yeah. don't think it matters. Yeah, I mean that's a so, big big percentage of people. Yeah. That, uh, so you start with that, then you go from, okay, well, let's just get them to vote. Well, just yeah. vote. Just fucking vote. And then that turns into like, all right, well, who do I vote for? Well, then, you know, you hear one thing about each candidate and you, 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 you'd have a vote. It's like, I think, the, you know, and this, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for this and I don't care. <laughs> you're going to write me, you're going to fucking get pissed. I, 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 I don't care. Once you have a family, your job in life and this isn't if you're the male, if you're the female, this is this isn't this sex is oriented. A person is to family. run the family. Well, yeah, right. You start becoming less informed about everything. Because you're not worried about you're worried about who's shitting their pants. You're worried about whose homework isn't done. Oh right. So you're worried what you're about, saying is like when you have a family, then you don't you have less time to just focus your on Your wants and needs yeah. are concentrated on who's in your house. Yeah. You, I, I truly believe that you disconnect a lot more. I'm not saying everyone. 
Right. But I'm saying, respectively, I get it. I'm not saying people are wrong for it, but they don't. They don't want to read up on everything. If you have spare time and your kids aren't around for the first time in a while, or you're not at work and you're, you're you know, you, you're not going to be like, well, I need to, I need to really catch up on my political agenda here to see, I'll make sure I'm voting for the right person. Right. 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 You're well, going to watch a movie. You're going to eat bonbons on the couch. Yeah. You're going to take the dog for a walk. You're going to get fucking hammered. You're going to do something that is a but, release, yeah. not a stress. But in this ideal world that you're talking about, people wouldn't have families until they are, you know, uh, educated, well-informed people. Which is the way it fucking should be. No, no, I'm just saying like, people would people would wait until they're mature adults to have children. Right. And be well. That was the other part of my educated quote. and informed, and that they could devote time to their families, to their to raising their kids and their careers, and not have to follow every little detail, and still be able to make those decisions. Yeah, which and 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 just to back it up a little bit, I think that you can still make informed decisions without following every little detail. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's possible. Yeah, I mean, you could get a synopsis of what's going yeah, on. You know, what I'm saying, yeah, um, but I, or you could raise your kids. People are having or kids later. Raise, or you could raise your kids like my dad did with the news on in the background. I don't know. Like, <laughs> anyway, people are having. But I will say the pro of this is the younger generation is having kids later. Yeah, and the older generation is not happy about it. But I think it's for I think it's for good because. Yeah, I because agree. because my dad's philosophy in the whole, a lot of generation was we didn't have any money, we didn't have anything, we just had love, and we you know we didn't even know we were having kids half the time. We just had to, yeah. we had to work enough to support. Well, it worked out. Of, yeah, it worked out. There's but that all, wasn't that's not stability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, there's all kinds of reasons. I mean, like you know, uh, some of it. I mean, some of it is just that, like at this point. I mean, there's so many reasons for why people are having kids later and later. Some of it is that people have grown up with you know, a longer adolescence. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it used to be, you know, I mean, if you were, I mean, years ago, whether you were in this country or, you know, in Europe, I mean, it was the Western world. We're not talking about, you know, we're talking about the West. You know what I mean? Uh, it used to be, you know, a lot of the 18, it's like, you know, you got to get a job and pretty soon you're expected to get married and have kids by the time you're 20 or whatever. I mean, now a lot of people, I mean, are still like, basically teenagers into their 20s and you know maybe even a little bit more yeah you know yeah uh on top of that uh people need more and more education like certain people that want to go into professions careers things like that it takes more you know a high school diploma isn't going to do much for you even just a four-year college bachelor's isn't going to do it so people need more and more education well more and more education means more time it also means more debt or maybe not even debt, but just more money spent on that. And so people are delaying things. Not just money, time. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, if, if your mind is in the books, yeah, and then, you're not thinking yeah, about exactly, screwing exactly. and getting married tomorrow. Exactly. Which is, and there's, so, I'm not saying that's wrong because you're, yeah. you're going to wait till you're later to make a more informed decision. Yeah. And then, I mean, which works just, out good for society as a whole, I truly believe. Yeah. yeah. And then you've just got people that want to just like enjoy their youth as well. You know what I mean? And, and like, you know, not get chained down and do whatever. I mean, so, and, you know, so there's so many reasons for why people are having families later and later, but I think it's probably a good thing. The only bad thing about it is that there's less, you know, you know, there's only so much time in the human lifespan. Well, <laughs> true. No matter how long 
the uh, life expectancy go? Well, you need to be you need to be a healthy parent. As far as I, I mean, healthy. I don't I don't mean this like schizophrenic. I yeah. mean like physically, you need to be. Yeah. You know, if you're having kids and your and your kid's going to be eighteen, and you know you're sixty some, you need to be not in a wheelchair. I mean, well, not obviously, that. I don't think people should have kids when they're that old. I mean, that's a little too much. Is it? I don't know. I mean, my dad was forty when I was born. Okay. And I mean, I'm. I mean, I would like to get married and have a family. And I mean, yeah. I'm looking at that too. I mean, at being close to that age. I mean, wow. you know, You're, what are you now? Thirty three. Thirty four. Actually, oh, 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 I'm Ooh. sorry. Ooh. <laughs> I could have gotten away with thirty three. Um, no, but um, you know, and si- dude, six years. Like I say to people all the time, um, you know, whatever you're worried about now, wait thirty days because it'll change. And that's just 30 days. Yeah. yeah. So much changes in 30 days, let alone a year, let alone six, seven, eight years. I mean, yeah, right. Your world's upside down. I mean, I think of who I was. At, I, I think I haven't changed much since 30 as far as personality. Yeah, I don't think I have either. But I mean, I think, think of who everybody, you, everybody I was from 20 to 30. Holy shit. There's like eight characters in a video game right there. Yeah. And none of them looked the same. Yeah, none yeah, of them acted yeah, the same. Yeah, and none yeah. of them knew each other. So, I mean, you know, it's... Well, I think that honestly, you know, after age 25, you've kind of settled into, you know, I mean, although I think in some ways, like so much about our character is evident from an early age, you know, but, uh, you know, personalities, you you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think that I have a lot of the same personality quirks that I did when I was a little kid. And I mean, my parents have told me, I mean, I can't think of something specific, but you know, my mom said, oh, from a little kid, you, you were kind of that way or whatever. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So they would, but yeah, you do go through all kinds of different phases, you know. Well, it's discovering from, who you are. Yeah, but I think Becoming that by the comfortable time. comfortable in your own skin. By the time you're like between 25 and 30, it like sets in. And then once that happens, then you're sort of like, holy shit, time's flying by, man. Like, I don't even like. It's already. February's half gone. I, think, I feel like New Year's was just... Yeah, right? Yeah, that's that's the thing. I and after you work full-time, I always tell people, like, I, the thing about no, not having any, you know, education other than public school as far as K through 12, I, you know, breaks were seasons, and I, you know, and I, and I had all that, but it's like now, you know, you, it's not like fall break, spring break, summer, like there's yeah, none of that. Right, so it's right, like, right, right. you kind of get lost with the, you know, the idea of like, oh man, it's already this, oh, it's already that, it's already that. It's like, you know, you get in that daily motion where that's where I'm happy I have the seasons to some degree. Cause I mean, that, that, that's my concept of time now, yeah. you know, Although, in a way, although it's not, here in North it's Ohio, 50, we... <laughs> 50 some a day in February. Like, yeah. Yeah. Although we have like a long winter here, like long December. Reason to believe maybe this year will be better than the last. '90s songs again, <laughs> and I don't even like the Counting Crows. Yeah, I was, I was, that was the next part of my statement. It was like that wasn't expecting that. I was expecting like Rage Against the Machine or Back or something like that. Not, but speaking of music, yeah, do you have a musical goal? Is there like a is there a pinnacle of what you're trying to achieve? Uh, depends on the day. <laughs> Depends on the day. I mean, right now I'm really just focused on getting this record done that we talked about earlier and getting it out by the end of the year. And I mean, hopefully I would like to have some kind of greater exposure and greater distribution. And, you know, I would like to do more. 
and and grow somewhat, you know. I would, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're saying within your own right of the band. So so I guess that goes in my next. I, I'd say in terms of exposure. I mean, you know, it, it's it's easy to say. Well, you know, I just love it, and I don't give a shit. You know. If anybody even hears what I'm doing or blah, blah, blah. But I think we all do. We all would like more exposure. And I'm not talking about, you know, being a rock star or making tons of money on it. But I think anybody that, anybody that takes the effort to write their own songs and be together with a group of people playing music, I think everybody would like more people to hear what they're doing. Right? Yeah, and on top of that, I'm not saying this is where you're going with this, but I always it reminded me of a quote that I heard from John Mellencamp. He was getting. He's another one of your heroes. No, he's not. He's not. One of your heroes. I mean, I. I, <laughs> no, no. I got nothing against him. No, no, no. I don't either. No, he wrote some great songs, but he said something in a line once that I heard. He was giving an acceptance speech for some award or something he won. He's like, you know, man. He's like, I never did it for the money, but I always like getting paid. And I was like. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know? I mean, I mean who, who, who can say, like, that's not like... Well, you invest a lot. Right. And I don't just mean your own money. No. You involve a lot of yourself. In time, time, emotions, uh, ideas. Yeah. Your yeah. life is in these fucking songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm getting at with this. Explain to me the writing process for you. How, how does a song come to be? Does it start with lyrics? Is there a melody? Is it always different? Is it kind of usually the same structure? Because what people don't understand, I don't know if people understand from, from what you've told me before, the band's called Demos Papa Demos because you write the fucking label. Well, because it started off with me just doing solo acoustic stuff, and then slowly the band was assembled after the fact. Right, and but it's not just like, I mean, you're not, okay, if Dave's doing a solo here and there, like, you're not writing that, but I'm saying, like, the chord progressions, the choruses, the ver- like, the structure, that's yeah, mostly yeah, yeah. It you. it comes from me, yeah. Right. So I mean, it's you are a singer. You yeah, are. A, no, it really does come from me. You're I mean, a although, true singer songwriter. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're, you know, I mean, although like, you know, in practices the band helps you know with the arrangement and a lot of that's Dave. Like Dave, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and he he does give a lot of ideas, but the basic, I mean, the lyrics and the basic structure and all that is there. So um, does it start with the lyrics to, but to go to a melody? It's all different. It's always different. different. It's always, I mean, some So there's, there's no specific process. No specific process. Okay. Sometimes it's just a riff that I have on the guitar. Uh, and then I'm like, hey, I got to write lyrics for this. <laughs> so it's a concerted effort to write the lyrics. You know, other times I've just got random lyrics. I don't know. I'm just writing something. And then later on, I look at that and I combine it with a riff. So it's like, there's, you know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes it's, sometimes the music comes first, other times the words come first. And sometimes it's both together, you know? But, oh, what, I mean, are you, in, this is what, in your room? Is this, yeah. is this in a studio? I'm like, usually in the room, my room. I so, mean, I mean, you get, you, you get home from work, and... Well, there's no, I mean... I mean, it's, I mean I'm not saying it's always like, okay, I'm gonna go, like... Anybody who writes, if, if if you don't if you don't write music or poetry or anything, it's not it's not one of those things where you just like put yourself on a schedule. And say, okay, at eight o'clock tonight, I'm gonna go in my room or I'm gonna go in my house and I'm gonna write that. But like that, that we all know it doesn't happen like no. That. But it I should. mean, if it could, it should, because the more you engage with it, the further you get. I agree, but and the more time the more time you spend away from it, waiting for inspiration, 
I mean, it ain't gonna happen. I see. I seem to go through processes with things. Like I get to a point where I want to be very productive on my house for a while. Then I get these creative. I've been in this creative process for like the last two or three months, where I was like shut out society enough to just focus on writing and doing all kinds of things in that nature, and like you know, photography. And I'm fucking starting to make hot sauce, and I'm doing this pot. Like it's all this creative process thing that's going on with me right now. And I know like. I can control it to some degree and then when it comes in waves, I have to kind of like act on it or yeah. it's gone. But there's other times where I've been like, I've tried to do that. You're going to go home night and, 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 and sometimes it works, but there's a lot of times where it's just like, whatever the stress of the day was or where your mind's at, you just, you don't have it. It's just it's not true. there. You know what? A lot of the time, uh, when you have the time to do this, First thing in the morning is the best way when you're clear. And I'm talking about like, you know, if you're working, I mean, it'd be like a Saturday or a Sunday morning. Yeah. Which I've done well with. I was going to say, just before wait. I go to work, I've never, I can't, I, no, can't, there's no I don't time. even give my enough, no I don't give myself enough time you're to eat, let alone, yeah, 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 no, literally, it's like, no, I got to be there in a half hour, if I get up in 10 minutes well, and take a shit, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> but what I'm, no, what I'm saying is that, you know, if you have, you know, if you're, if you've got a job and you're doing this. Yeah, if you got a job, you're working five days a week, and you're writing music. A lot of the times, the best thing to do is, you know, you know, when you wake up and your mind is fresh and you're clear, you know. Uh, honestly, a lot of the time, the best ideas that come out of me, like whether it's like musical or lyrical, are the first thing that happens when I sit down. Like I pick up the guitar, I don't even know what I'm going to play, and it's just like something comes out, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. And the more you try, the more you push it and push it and try to recapture that, then you get further away from it. But sometimes it's like the first thing that comes to you. And then you overthink it. That's a thing that I do, you know, famously. So overthink shit. Well, I think that's anybody who knows a craft at all, to some degree, does. I think I'm pretty bad from what they say. <laughs> anyway. I've, I've been told by several. So if you've been told by several sources that I'll agree with that. But what I'm saying is that a lot of the time, the more you think about something, the further you get away from what is great about that creative idea. Sometimes it's refining the idea, but, you know, sometimes it's, you know, you, the, the more you work on it, the more you kill it. Yeah. And... I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard. <laughs> it's on like the other side of it. Just be like, just do whatever happens. Well, there's like, there's also there's something. Yeah. There's a guy from Boston, Tom Schmoltz or whatever. Uh, he was he had it under contract to make so many records, and it wasn't like he was lazy. He was just such a perfectionist to where he had to make like four or five records in like seven years, and he had like two done. Mm -hmm. And they're like, "What's the problem? You know, we gave you all this fucking yeah. money. Like, figure it out." And he's like, well, it's just not right. And they're like, well, what do you have? And he was showing them, and they're just like, what's the problem? He's like, I don't, I don't like the the four seconds here. I don't like the way I did that trans. Like he was just that much perfectionist to where yeah. he just couldn't let things be. You know, everybody's like, you, you're that good, dude. Just let it happen. And he couldn't. You know, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's like yeah, you yeah, got to yeah, find that really fine line between yeah. this is sloppy and this is amazing. You know. Yeah. yeah. I get. But no, man. But, I I have. Yeah. No. I mean, getting just. Uh, Getting back to that, uh, a lot of the time, time is the best pressure to getting shit done. Like, if I know I've got recording dates coming up, I've got these song ideas, and I'm like, you know what? I just gotta whip them into shape so I have something. It's like, 
it's like, you know, uh, when you know you have a test date coming up and you're in school and you know you got to study for what the test it? or whatever. Cramming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, <laughs> no, or it's just like you realize that you have to get something done because uh, there's a band practice or there's a gig coming up. It's like, well, I really want to do this live, this new song with a band live. So, I mean, I'm a procrastinator. So, you know, the, uh, like, deadlines kind of, like, help me. And I think any creative person will tell you that. I mean, if there's no deadline, there's no work getting done. But right. if you, and that's why you have to create deadlines for yourself a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I have the utmost respect for a sing the singer-songwriter approach to life because, I mean, to me, there's musicians, there's people who have good voices, there's people who can just play guitar well, but it's everything in one. Yeah. And to me, that is the pinnacle. I mean, I would never consider, I'm not one, obviously, but I mean, I, I've wrote a few songs and I've sang a few songs that I've wrote, um, clearly in the Billboard Top 100. So I, I realized what that takes and what that is yeah. and how much harder it is to have a voice, to have the music, to have the lyrics, to have the structure, to put it all together, to have a band. I mean, anybody, whenever I see these, not that I agree with these award shows for music or whatever most of the time anyway, but anytime I see somebody who was a singer-songwriter mm-hmm. who gets an award and it's a great song, I'm like, good for them. You know, that, yeah, that, that, yeah, that means yeah, yeah. there was no arrangement, you know. Right. There was no, well, here, you, you Somebody know. else wrote it. Yeah, I think your voice yeah, is good, yeah. so let's try this. And like I said, and there's nothing wrong with just having a wonderful voice or this or that. I'm not saying, discrediting that, but it's like... That's a different... It's completely different yeah, feel. Yeah, And that's the thing I like about, you know, the whole singer-songwriter thing. And, you know, taking Dylan as an inspiration, I mean, the whole singer-songwriter thing is not based on having a great voice. No. I mean, not that there aren't singer-songwriters that have really nice voices and all that. Well, my two but, favorite would be him and Neil, and you want to talk about just yeah. odd voices. Yeah, exactly. But maybe that's why In I like them so much, too. And, I mean, you look at, like, Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits, it's just, like, oh, weird, right. weird voices. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, that's something that, I mean, I don't think I have a great voice. I don't think that... I, I, I don't know. I don't think I have a great voice. I think it works for what I do. I probably could be better in certain ways. I've never really actively worked that hard at being a vocalist. I've worked harder on other stuff, like songwriting and just, you know, guitar playing and, you know, playing the bouzouki and just keeping a band together and writing songs and learning how to be better at recording and all that stuff. So, like, like honestly, the vocals are, like, the last thing I think about. Like, how well I can sing them, right. you know what I mean? And I think that, I don't know, I think that the whole kind of like singer-songwriter approach to things like of that. I mean, that's inspiring to me, you know. Absolutely. It's not just about having a pretty voice. Well, it truly comes out in your music, too, because like I said, it, it's, it, like you said, it's very individual and it's its own experience. You're, there's no goal that you need to, like, being a singer-songwriter, it's also, I mean, as hard and, and technical as that is to come up with all the elements, there's also probably the least amount of boundaries. Because mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not in a genre, you're, you're a singer, the genre is a singer-song, so you basically a person who's singing songs that they wrote. I mean, it's very, it's very self-explanatory, but it's like, there's no like, 
oh, I'm in a prog rock band. Okay, so it's, we know it's going to be progressive music. Yeah, right. And it's, like, there's none of that. Like, there's no boundaries as far as that. So it's like, you don't have to sound any certain way. And I think it's great that you, you've taken your heritage and you've put that into right. a lot of influences that you've had. And you're doing something that I haven't seen. Now, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a Americana or folk complete historian, but it's yeah. something that I know that you're not seeing a lot and it works very well for you. And I, I tell anybody, if you haven't checked out Demos, you, 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 you should, because I think if you enjoy anything about the creative process or the ideas of music like that, it is something that you, you, you could, you could find, even if it's not your, if it is or isn't your norm, as far as what you're listening to, there's, there's definitely elements that you could, if not relate to really, uh, enjoy and, uh, well, thanks, man. I no, and I mean that. that. I mean, like, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm the grunge kid, but I mean, to this day, like I said, I mean, Neil, Bob, I mean, they, they, these, these, these guys, and, and what they've done, I mean, you can't discredit. I mean, that's, you know, like Bob was a poet of generation. I mean, not even. Yeah. His voice was it, to me. It's like his voice to me is like Neil's. It was so bad, it was good. And I and yeah, I mean yeah, that yeah, with yeah, both yeah, of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, I say that with yeah, the utmost respect. Yeah, 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 yeah. A single line from either of them is more than I could ever do with my yeah, voice. Yeah. But it's, you know, Johnny's in the basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on the basement thinking about, about the government. government. I, mean, I mean, but every line flow. I mean, his song, you could take a Dylan's songs and just, and you could just read it like poet. I mean, because he, yeah. he was a poet and he just, yeah. and he put a couple chords well, to it. Well, that's the thing, yeah. I mean, more than, I think more than almost anyone, really, with his songs, that yeah. you could read it as poetry. Yeah. I, I think that's where they I don't, I, do you know his process is that how they start is, just, is it just poetry that he puts stuff to or is it the music first I don't, I don't even know it doesn't reveal yeah, what he, yeah, anybody, yeah what he even say anybody would like ask him the questions like he would just, just he, he, he would ask him that like, he'd very technical and he would tell you he's like well it's nice out today you know, yeah. he'd be like well I don't know what do you think I do like uh, before we leave uh, any any Anything you'd like to ask me, money? I have to ask just so I don't leave you like. Maybe me. I'm gonna have my own podcast <laughs> and interview you. <laughs> me running my. Own. I don't want it to sound like I'm just. No, I. I you're under the you're under the electric chair here. I'm happy to talk about me, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. That's good. I think if I start asking you questions, we'd have a whole. We have another one. And a whole other podcast. I don't know if that can happen. Oh boy, yeah, that, that might not be. Good. <laughs> I don't think the world's ready for what's going on in my life right now. But uh, anyway, thanks for coming, man. Uh, it was wonderful. Thanks for having me, man. This yeah. is great. Yeah, and uh, see you soon. All right.